0: Like Montel in 94, this is how we do it on the ITC. The CBS Sports Boxeo Podcast returns, yes! And you better believe it is juice to the gills with another lethal dose of that performance-enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, without question, the man whose name is on the marquee, all that weird stuff. The voice that you hear about ready to bring in Rafe Bug's. And recap another wild weekend in the sport of the sweet science, including a full on the site recap from Canelo's debut in the zone brothers and much, much more. Hey, you want interviews? We got 2019 International Boxing Hall of Famer, the broadcaster, the trainer, the great Teddy Atlas stopping by today to, I don't know, get, uh, really just speak it, speak life. He's about to speak life with us, alright? About, The big moments in his career, about his philosophy. There's so much philosophy, guys. You're not. I mean, this is good. This is this is going to be so damn. I love Teddy. I love you. I love you, Teddy, so much. All right. Hey, also got a quick chat with season five contender winner Brandon the Cannon Adams, the middleweight, to find out what is next with him. We got do you care? We got all the stuff that you come for. Hey, you're going to notice some changes with this show in the near future. Stay tuned. Don't panic, your boy BC still here. But you know, I mean, like, to, like Tupac said, it's up to us as a people to start making some changes. The old way wasn't working, so it's on us to do what we got to do to shoot the load, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, you're damn right. That to survive, right? I'm sorry, to survive, to survive. But but you know, still I see no changes. All right, let me bring him in. He's my uh, podcast partner, my best friend in box. He's an internationally renowned author, editor, writer. He writes books. He'll he'll serve you a pint at McSorley's if you're lucky one day. His name is Boogs. and you know, if you're if you're the right woman out there, maybe just maybe. Let me lick lick you 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 up.
1: Let me lick you you down. Rocky Fielding, he's going down.
2: Oh, You
1: you get knocked out. Rafe
0: Bartholomew, I saw you in your hometown this weekend. You're back on the left coast. How is it?
1: Feeling good, man. I I am unfortunately back on the left coast, but I did get a nice of that, a a nice taste of that sweet, 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 cold, brisk Northeast weather, hitting those New York streets, walking around with BC, getting, getting caught up at Madison Square Garden by people recognizing you, man. People just seeing you in the concourse. Is that Brian Campbell? Is that Brian Campbell from formerly of Friday Night Fights? I mean, amazing, amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It did happen. It did, it did happen. I, I thank you to all the listeners out there of this fine podcast
1: um do you sign any books at the at the garden no i did not sign any books at the garden i signed a lot of books at home and you can go buy them McSorley's two and two uh at the bar those are the books we sell at the bar uh we also sell that basketball book basketball love story for the holiday shopping if you still need a late christmas gift so get up out there
0: those books are services that i have they are very, very they're very well done so please get out there for your holiday gifts i know Hanukkah is over, Rafe, but Kwanzaa and Christmas still time for the bugs.
1: That's right. As, Get in there. As far as I know.
0: Uh, yeah, we got to hang out this weekend. It was all about DeZone getting in DeZone.
3: DeZone and Eddie Hearn and these guys have a plan to build a platform. They're luring people like Canelo to the platform.
0: And, and hopefully for DeZone, Rafe, they lured a lot of subscribers to the platform with the promise. Of your boy, Big Red. He came through in the end with a one-sided, dominant third-round TKO. But that other guy, Rocky Fielding, didn't really come through. We're going to break all that down. I want to pause and say this, though. Shout out to New York City. Shout out to the Mecca. It's still real to me, damn it. The world's most famous arena. Madison Square Garden. Rafe... I'm a, you know, Connecticut guy, grew up right outside of the state of New York. I always still wave that flag and say that when somebody, like, makes their debut at MSG or, hey, I love this band, but guess what? The last night of the tour, they'll be at MSG. I'm always hyping it up to be magical. It's the first question I always ask somebody when they're going to make their debut there or whatever. Heck, Rafe, I saw the circus there once and it was the best circus I've ever seen. True or false? On Saturday night, that was a crowd that came for some big red that came on levels that really like might
1: have shot they
0: might have all. They might have all done that. Rafe, this was like the best crowd I've heard in a long ass time. True or false.
1: I think I think this may be true, Brian. They this crowd was they might have shot their load during the Katie Taylor fight, and then another one during the Ryan Garcia fight. They even stayed awake during the next two fights, the Frankie Fonseca and, uh, and, uh, and, and Tevin Farmer fight. And Saddam Kidd, I mean, this crowd was amazing. They were going crazy. I. It was funny because we were down there. We all of us grizzled, bitter, jaded, angry boxing journalists, basically sitting there complaining, like, "Oh man, I'm going to be here all night. These fights don't aren't really getting my juices flowing." And then the crowd was popping for everything. Yeah, you know it what was, the crowd was. It was thinking? crazy. What was What what did what was inside them? What what the, what, what got effing inside this crowd? Uh, just wetting the juices. I mean, there was so much juices being
0: wet, Rafe. Um, so, it wasn't like a normal boxing crowd either, so I'd say probably the best, so I didn't go to Kodo Judah, which is supposedly like one of the great all-time MSG crowds. I did go to Kodo Margarita, R- R- Margarito 2 in 2011, and that was a, a full-on party. That was insane. Uh, if you remember, Round one of Codo Sergio Martinez was like explosions, but that was more of a natural boxing crowd reacting to the moment. This was just a crowd that was like deliriously happy to be there. So I don't know if I chalk it up to being like, hey, look, there's a lot of East Coast Mexican fans that don't get served because big name fighters don't when they reach a certain pay grade, don't often come back to New York. Because of the taxes, right? So maybe this was their way, because look, like you said it, it, whether it was Ryan Garcia, whether it was anybody who was even remotely, not even Mexican, but like Latino in any way, they were doing chants, they were doing, they did a damn wave, Rafe! They did a damn wave over and over again. This was a crowd that wanted it, and maybe it's not surprising because New York's a, you know, a melting pot of all kinds of cultures. We've seen Klitschko come in there. And draw a big reaction. I, we've seen Triple G come in there and draw a big reaction, and Kazakh flags everywhere. It was really fun to see, and it was almost as if. Tell me if I'm wrong. There were moments that we were like, "Is there a fight breaking out? Or is there a did a bomb just go off in the arena? Did uh Did Tejanos singing sensation uh rise from the dead?
1: What was her name? Selena? Know. What, did you Selena just? Oh, show oh my god! Up? You're talking about Selena Quintanilla? Did oh my Selena god. I'm just sorry. walk
0: through the the damn uh, turnstile? Like what is going on? People are going nuts. Is it, yeah, Brian, I, Is it too, soon, Selena, I, it too soon? Is it too soon for Selena, by the way?
1: It might be too soon. Is it too soon for Selena? Oh no, no! I mean, there there's an annual festival down in Texas celebrating her. People come dressed as her. It's great. I mean, out here on the West Coast, we get to hear her song still all the time on the radio. So it's not too soon. We can. We, there's lots of love. We watch a movie. We put J Lo in there. I mean, J- maybe it was J Lo riding down on the six train, even though you can't really get to the garden from the six without a little bit of a walk. Anyway, we're getting too deep into the weeds on this bad analogy, Brian. I ha- i I was thinking maybe it's because. As, even though it's New York and we don't think, New York is not really an underserved audience in any way, right? Oh, oh, in the big grand scheme of things. But they are an underserved audience when it comes to big red. Not myself, because I'm not even red. I'm not red haired. God damn it. There's a red uh,
0: beard. I've seen it. It's red. The beard is a red. The beard right? doesn't count, man. Do the, anyway, do the drapes match the beard, or did I miss it's that? It's different everywhere. Oh, you got to, you got
1: to come see it for yourself. No, no, no yeah, no, yeah. No. yeah. Get, you better get effing inside no, on this. Di- that's body so, hair. That's right. so gross. I'm saying this deal.
4: That's how men roll, I'm
1: I'm, You're X-rated, and I'm not. Is really what you're saying? All right, go.
4: This ahead, go ahead.
0: crowd,
1: this crowd, has not seen Canelo before, and he is. We know that he is actually the two biggest stars in boxing. We're in that arena that night. Ed J., Anthony Joshua, was in there supporting his DAZN brethren, showing some love to the platform, DAZN, a service that I have. And (laughs) it was (laughs) – This guy this guy and this this crowd was going bananas i mean like they whenever whenever one of the stars would sort of come down the aisle whenever joshua was just walking around i was over near the side where the guys were doing the ring walk when joshua was hanging out there people rushing down to the aisle to shake hands slap him like he's steph curry i mean it was it was some crazy stuff yeah man i mean aj wanted everybody to eat and everybody did
3: everybody's got (laughs) to eat baby so yeah
1: they did
0: everybody ate everybody took home a big payday it felt like the only problem and is it a problem we can debate it by the way uh i hope for the sake like i said a lot of people jumped in and subscribed we know our, our friend dwyer was watching
3: and i'm a the zone subscriber
0: um uh, so, right. hey.
3: i'm paying my nine dollars and 99 okay. cents a month i heard canelo was in the fold i said okay you know i know how canelo operates
0: not, not 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 saying anything that that's wrong. Not not lying. Obviously, I mean that was Dwyer, right? I it's Dwyer. Okay, good good point on that. So my point is, everybody turned in. This was probably the big moment for Zone of everybody saying, "Okay, I got to get it now. I got to buy it now. All right, I held off long enough. I watched Usyk Bellu through a grainy stream. I got to watch this one now." Rafe, I thought the evening delivered. But that was maybe more on an entertainment slash I was there. Did the fight even remotely deliver what it was offered as a representation of, hey, Canelo, the biggest pay-per-view star in North America is now off of pay-per-view and he's the face of this new network. So get your ass fired up because he's going to be fighting big fights moving
1: forward. Yeah, this was, I mean, you mentioned magic. The magic was all in the crowd at the garden on Saturday night. There was not that much. That's, oh, that's magic to me. Yeah. Uh, there was not that much magic in the, in the actual fight card. Uh, But whatever. The the crowd picked it up, made it made it feel better, at least to be in there, made those hours pass a little in a in a more enjoyable way. It almost felt to me like when Triple G has done those big squash matches on the West Coast, those victory tours against Marco Antonio Rubio, beating all the pigment off of him in two rounds. How dare you? Oh, come on. Come on. He's got he's got it. He's got a He's got a skin. He's like Michael Jackson had a skin condition, too, man. It's okay. Uh, or, or the Dominic Wade fight at the forum where people are just giddy to see these, this, this, this giant star who they're, who's finally appearing on their coast. It was like that. And that was fun. And look, the, Rocky Fielding, Who um, do we want to talk, let, let's talk about the fight a little bit. I mean, it's a great, a great atmosphere, but what more are we going to say about it? Yeah, i mean, Rocky look, Fielding, moved,
0: man. Canelo moved up to what, 68. He looked ripped and ready and, And if there was a 5-inch height and reach advantage, as advertised, it was gone really quick. Some of that, of course, was Canelo's attacking style. But, look, he knew just as quickly as we did in round one that Fielding was the lamb being brought to the slaughter. Although, Rafe, certainly we have to blame Fielding for not using that height and reach advantage.
4: Yes, we do!
0: We may have to blame your guy, Dwyer who's back, by the way, he delivered the A.J. Fury multiple reactions, he's back in business, but he's also back in business trying to talk us into stuff like this.
3: Whatever you think about Rocky Fielding, just think about what you would be thinking if you were Rocky Fielding. Some guy at 160 pounds, some middleweight, is going to try to gain weight and fight me in his first fight at super middleweight? And he thinks I'm going to be concerned about what? His punch? Some guy who's shorter than me thinks I'm going to be concerned about what? His reach?
0: Yeah, yeah, Dwyer, get concerned because he just kicked Fielding's ass. Like It was like, sadly in the end, for all the buildup, Rafe, this wasn't even... This... This wasn't even like, hey, let's just celebrate the narrative of Canelo had his debut and he looked amazing. Unfortunately, the real narrative was, what the hell happened to Rocky Fielding?
1: I don't, look, we have, the most, most, even, even fairly hardcore guys like us, I mean, the, the hardcore, the, the, the triple X rated furies among us who love the sport of boxing. Unless we're British, we probably only bothered to watch Fielding get knocked out once in the first round and knock out the great Tyron Zuge <laughs> once in the first round. So we've seen two rounds of this guy. So I, I don't know. I, I, I certainly had higher hopes than what I saw. Just what, what why not try and use some of that some of that length? Move a little. Why just stand there and let an amazing body puncher come walk right up, stand, step right up to you. And and just start taking you apart with beautiful combinations. I mean, well,
0: Fielding it, did it, fight back, Rafe, but there was nothing on his punches. There was no extension, no bending of the legs. He was just like it was pitter patter. It, it was it was our guy, Paulie Fielding, was pitter pattering like Paulie. Although, hey, like Dwyer said, if you're Rocky Fielding, you have this giant size and reach advantage, and you gave it away because you crouched and bent forward. And you didn't put any mustard on any of your shots. I know that we are saying something from the outside looking in that is easier said than done. But let's not forget, Rocky, you were the bigger man, you were the champion, all these things. I, like, the guy just laid a fat egg, Rafe. Like, I thought at least he was going to linger and box, maybe get knocked down once, and then eventually get stopped late. There's no late. He got his ass kicked. He got dropped in rounds one, two, and three. He got body the shots. double kebab in three. The fourth, the, one of the four knockdowns was technically not by body shot, but was set up by multiple body shots. And he was smiley. He was taking Kodo knees. I mean, what do I want from this guy? Do I want him to just stand there and let himself get sent to hell? No, I guess I wanted a little bit more. Uh, it's not to say that Canelo isn't all advertised. He is, but, I mean, we all, look, I mean... Uh, our guy Stephen A. may not have been wrong, and you, you know,
3: I love me some Saul Canelo Alvarez. Yes,
0: we know, and you, being a hater for the years, obviously, finally came around when when Saul did make these leaps and was like, no, he's legitimately a top, you know, three, four, five, pound for pound fighter. He's scorecards or not, right? He is. But man, come on, Fielding, come on, brother, give me a Rocky
1: story. Give me something, right? I'd just say, give me a decent game plan. Give me, I'm man. I'm watching so much Dwyer. I'm absorbing his (laughs) cadences. It's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm. He makes me a better man, Brian. Uh, I
3: think this fight is a mismatch.
1: (laughs) This was a mismatch. No, I think Canelo eventually does this to Rocky Fielding under pretty much any circumstances, but. I just, it just made no sense to see Fielding basically walk to the middle of the ring and say, "Okay, Canelo, here is my long ass torso. Start treating it like 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 the fictional Rocky treats hanging slabs of meat. Like it just didn't make sense. Like move your legs a little. Use a jab. See if you see if that works for a while. Canelo's got been wearing like a a." a a junior version of the Sergio Martinez knee brace for two (laughs) fights. Now make that guy turn a little bit, make him do some lateral movement. Like of course, Rocky fielding is not like an Uber athletic fighter. We didn't, we didn't expect, but like, I thought he might be able to use a little bit of footwork and we we saw none of it. And so even though you don't want to take away from, Canelo's performance, you don't want to take away from just, even in just three rounds, that was, he, fielding still took a pretty hard beating, uh, and, and, and what showed some brave moments, kept getting up, although those knees, I, anyway. Ah, God, man. It was, it was, it was, it was I was disappointed. I, I hate to say it. It's not, there's nothing wrong with saying that when, a fighter comes in and and has it like like you said lays an egg. It's we can say that sometimes it feels like this is one of those times.
0: So it's like it was weird. It was important for DAZN to make the night special to make you feel like okay, I'm no longer paying seventy dollars to see Canelo. I'm only paying nine ninety nine. And by the way, this first one's free. And it's like he dominated. He's still the star. There's still names he could fight. That's big. But you needed you, you needed something that didn't make it feel like a farce. That in the end you didn't go like look. We all knew. Fielding was the patsy being brought in. That's why Canelo moved up in weight. It wasn't even a real title. They just wanted to say he was the ninth Mexican fighter to win titles in three weight classes, which in weird ways is not even true. We all bought in on that and said, okay, we know what's really happening here. But in the end, we just wanted a little bit more. By the way, did as a hedge better, did Dwyer officially go on
1: record and say you should put your money on fielding? like he did. Yes, yeah, but he he told you the right hedge. He got it right. His hedge worked out. He probably didn't lose. He said, "Bet on fielding at the plus 700, so get to big long odds, right? The like the big long super middleweight with the big long odds and hedge it on the under if Canelo knocks him out." Uh so that way You're, you're not in too much trouble. So, so he breaks, basically breaks even, but his big bet didn't, and he has told us before, he's, as a hedge better, he makes these kind of risks. And the best opinion is Is your your own. own. That's right.
3: Now we get even more ridiculousness in boxing, and it's sad.
0: Yeah, it really is. It really is, Dwight. Oh, wow. All right. So, Canelo blows him away. The crowd ruled. Before we get into the undercard, we gotta get into what's next. So, as of right now, Triple G has yet to decide where he is going. And there was a lot of talk. Hey, you heard this bonus podcast I had late last week in which Canelo and Oscar are talking about. It. Man, I am wiring myself. What is happening? I'm naturally adding the Dwyer cadence. Wire, get out of my, get out. Like, Dwyer, just get off, get off. I Dwyer. Yes, I know. I can't <laughs> get him out of my head, Rafe. This, I feel like. We are going – this is going to be like our new drug. We are going to get so high on Dwyer for about three weeks, and then we're just going to crash
1: and burn and be like, never again. It's either that or we're going to start doing – posting YouTube videos of ourselves with the weird Santa Claus in the background wearing football jerseys and just go full Dwyer. (sighs)
0: I've looked that at means-
1: a lot of guys. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I've looked at a lot of guys, Richard. I have looked at a lot of guys too. And I want to start telling my webcam about it. And oh. putting it, you know, we talk about DeZone is the future, pay-per-view is dead. No, Dwyer is the future, Brian. Oh my god, I mean, this is, oh, I need the help
0: of fans.
3: Now I need help from you a boxing fan.
1: Oh God! All right, now let's hello my boxing fan. Hello,
0: hi, welcome to Candlestone. Do not ask what is on the US Uh Is Hayden? No, 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 stop it, stop it right there. All right, Uh the whole idea here, Rafe, is this: Triple G has not signed with the Zone. He's in talks with everyone. He can go to PBC and fight the Charlos. He can go to ESPN and. I don't know, fight nobody, but beyond on ESPN. It's sort of like the same thing about Pulev signing with ESPN. It's like, what top-ranked middleweights do you want to see Triple G face?
1: Can't wait to see him in there with Rob Brandt and Ryota Murata. It's uh... going to be quite a victory tour. Way to go out in style, my man Gennady. All right, but here's the wild card in this. We all thought Danny Jacobs as an Eddie
0: Hearn fighter coming off of the end of HBO would automatically sign with the Zone, so he can fight Canelo, potentially fight Triple G, fight Andrade, fight... Maybe Billy Joe Saunders, who's not a DAZN guy, but as a Frank Warren guy, can be made and already had a fight scheduled originally to be on DAZN. Uh Danny Jacobs hasn't signed with anybody either, and you get the feeling that he's trying to read the political tea leaves and say, look, am I guaranteed to be getting Jacobs next year if I go to DAZN, or should I go back to Al, well, no, he never left Al, but you get what I'm saying, back to PBC and maybe fight you know, then maybe ultimately find out the question that we've been talking about a long time.
3: Well, you ain't even touching M yet. I'm touching M's. That's why I mean my word HBO. I, I know you're gonna probably get, get it. You don't know what I'm saying.
0: Say well, that's true. He did not know what he's touching, but he could be touching M's with Charlo, which we would all be fired the hell up with. Danny Jacobs came in the ring, shook Canelo's hand. They didn't do the big, fiery, explosive face-off, though, of like, you know, I want you next, blah, 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 because I don't know if Danny Jacobs trusts... That he's necessarily getting Canelo, and this is the whole narrative coming in. I asked both Canelo and Oscar, you heard last week. They danced around the question, but the idea is this. Now that the money is all guaranteed, is Canelo just going to do Floyd matchmaking moving forward, or is Canelo really going to continue to dare to be great and fight all these guys in a row? Should Danny Jacobs be next in May, Wraith, Will he sign with the zone, or did you get a feeling like we're getting set up to fail here?
1: Look, at this point, and and this is coming from a man whose identity – really, one of the main – there's a few things that matter to me inside, deep inside, in my guts. New York, McSorley's, Philippine basketball, my family. Hating on Canelo Alvarez is right after those things, Brian. And so coming from me, coming from me, I say – you, we still have to give, I, I, I believe we, Canelo deserves the benefit of the doubt right now. All right. This fight, Rocky Fielding was a bit of a joke. It looked like more of a joke than it even sounded like on paper going in, but Canelo fought the fight of his life, a fight of the year contender, maybe deserved pro, we haven't really looked in and tried to break this down yet. We haven't done the Wiley on this yet, but Canelo Triple G2 might be the fight of the year. People aren't going to complain about he, um Two amazing fights with Gennady Golovkin, the, t- the the toughest, scariest guy out there for a lot of people in boxing. So you can't get mad at Canelo for taking this fight just three months after fighting Golovkin in Vegas, still with like the, the scar tissue over his eye. Uh, it, so I'm not mad at Canelo for this. But if the pattern holds, if, if we do see Floyd matchmaking from here on out – then hell yes, let's start a riot, burn the whole thing down. Wow, the platform um, you're talking about attacking the platform. I, I will look. I, I this may no longer be a a service that I have if 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 it goes that bad. Wow, I will, I will I will unsubscribe and resubscribe just to watch Usyk fights. Wow,
0: but you're right. You're right that we need to wait and see. I just thought that you had Jacobs there and you didn't really use him necessarily. After the fight, everybody was so noncommittal about what actually is next. And then I got Dwyer in my ear, kind of getting me all cynical.
3: I thought the zone was going to hit us between the eyes with some great fights. Who's Canelo going to fight, Tom, Dick, or Harry?
0: I mean, it's a fair point. And I wanted to be Jacobs next. If they don't feel like Triple G is going to sign, it probably needs to and should be Jacobs for a May Cinco de Mayo Super Bowl Boxing Weekend type of card. And again. What's the deal?
3: Does Danny Jacobs have bad breath or something?
1: (laughs) Danny (laughs) Jacobs got the vapors. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh.
0: Because here's the thing. David Lemieux missed weight and and had to kind of be medically pulled from his co-main event against Toriano Johnson on Saturday. We know that this zone thing will be going in the wrong direction if Canelo defends his WBA regular super middleweight title on May 4th in Las Vegas against David Lemieux, who now probably has to move up in weight anyway because it's hard for him to make 160, it seems. If he fights Lemieux at 168 for the secondary title, even though last week I was telling you I wanted that, I kind of was into that idea next, but now suddenly I'm, I'm oddly cynical. I mean, look, the, Riff, that, that fight will bang no matter what. I guess I just need one of these two to sign. I need Triple G or Jacobs to sign with the zone, right? So that you know we're at least building to the fall of getting the trilogy or getting the Jacobs fight. It would make the Lemieux fight in May, if it happens, not be as bad because you're like, okay, this is like him fighting Kirkland, just a better version in Lemieux all over again, right? I mean, like.
3: Does, Does somebody think that David Lemieux is a more attractive opponent than Danny Jacobs or Golovkin?
1: Well, 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 I do. Yeah, yeah, I think he's maybe the most attractive man in boxing. Uh sorry to a lot of the other good sorry Josh Kelly, but I mean David Lemieux has been doing this for a long time. He's been breaking hearts and breaking breaking jobber <laughs> souls for a very long time. Um no, uh, and and this might explain sort of this weird game of chicken with the signings of Danny Jacobs and Golovkin, whereas where they're both sort of making this case that we're not going to sign unless we get a guarantee for Canelo in May and Hopefully one of them does get it and the other one goes that's too bad you lost the sweepstakes you got to go figure out what to do are you going to still sign with The Zone or are you going to go with PBC or Top Rank or whatever go hey what if Golovkin makes the ultimate curveball and signs with HBO again and fights nobody he becomes a producer he's a storyteller now <laughs> whoa amazing Beautiful, clean, nice. I don't know if you made that drop. Oh, I did not. I need to make that drop. Yeah, so we'll, we'll make it. it someday. Oh man. Just, I uh, want
0: you to remember one thing. I'd stop Canelo. I'm not Canelo up. <laughs> I want to see that fight really bad, Rafe. I actually almost want to see that fight more than the Triple G trilogy. Cause I feel like the Triple G trilogy can be cashed in at any time. But cashed in at any time also comes with an asterisk though, Rafe. And that asterisk is the fact that Triple G's not getting any younger.
3: Age is a factor. Canelo's in his late 20s. Golovkin's well into his 30s. Folks, can we see the third fight before Golovkin collects Social Security?
0: Oh, my God.
1: Amen. Is delay ridiculous? Yes, yes. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous, Brian. I'd go as far as saying it's actually ridiculousness in boxing.
3: Now we get even more ridiculousness in boxing.
1: Oh, man.
0: All right. All right. We already have too much to wire on the timeline today, but, uh, so I'm in this weird spot. If you're gonna do the, the Triple G trilogy, then hey Triple G, sign a one off, sign a two off, whatever, get into zone, let's make it happen in the calendar year of 2019. If not, I gotta have Danny Jacobs Canelo. I gotta see that fight. I mean, I love me some Danny Jacobs. Danny Jacobs, you're the boy. I mean, I gotta, I gotta see this. I gotta, I just, I want it so freaking badly. Am I over wanting it? Do I have too much want inside of me?
2: Danny Jacobs you're the boy like you put it on him you know
1: that if they make that fight Brian for you and for me and hopefully for all my boxing fans and my boxing friends it would be a hard on day it would be a hard on right because you
0: know the type of man he is Rafe
1: I'm guessing if Danny Jacobs was waiting for a
3: cab in New York City and someone said hey Canelo wants to fight you Danny Jacobs would get in the cab and tell the cab driver, take me to the gym.
1: Right away, Rafe. All right. Why are they fighting in a gymnasium? Who fights in a gymnasium? Only, that only happens in other countries where little teeny fights like Manny Pacquiao fought in gymnasiums for his first 15 pro fights. You don't (laughs) want that kind of fight against Canelo, Danny. Any, yo, no, the reason I do want that fight and why I can, as much as I would love to see, look, Canelo Triple G3 is probably the better fight. Possibly more, more action. I think is fair to say to, or at least to expect. Uh, and, and and it's a great fight we've seen twice, and that that and there is unfinished business there. So that you can make the objective case, but we also like variety in this sport, brother. And that and and what we haven't seen, especially with Canelo, in this the new Sergio Martinez knee brace era. Is can he deal with a guy who's going to turn him, who's going to move around him, who's going to be going to have a step on him laterally? And Danny Jacobs is that guy. He's also very big at middleweight. He can make the weight unlike David Lemieux and he's got the skills. Now, Danny Jacobs, we love that drop where he says he's going to, he's going to stop Canelo. Danny Jacobs, who's who's the last guy you stopped? Sergio Mora? I mean, slow down. Why don't you just Get in the fight and see if you could Whoa, bro. see if you could be Bro, Come on.
0: He's got real power. OK, I know he didn't stop that Suletsky dude, but that guy came to win. I know he, he did. not
1: He got the real power, but we, we, we know what how Danny Jacobs fights. Look, he doesn't he doesn't really he doesn't go for knockouts like that unless he's fighting the Jared Fletchers of the world. Uh And that's fine. That's his style. He's winning. He beat Derevyanchenko. And, and that was a guy that everyone was like, oh, Triple G is ducking him. He's the real dangerous man at 160. Actually, you know, somebody get that de- lube, lube de Bella. Bring that guy back. He can fight. I, I, now, I don't want to see him fight Canelo, but shoot, get him in the mix. Because want to talk about some other middleweight slop that's coming our way? Boo Boo Andrade and Arter Avakavakovo, some, the, some <laughs> bum Avocado, that lost bro. to the dead version of Billy Joe Saunders last. God damn, Brian. I got a bad feeling about 2019 because the money is all locked up and the slates are ugly already. I know we may not be ready to get into this news, but Linares and Pablo Cesar Cano.
0: Yes, but that is a setup fight to Linares and um
1: who am I thinking here? Hooker. That is, I mean, there's a lot of a there's hooker. a lot of yes, yeah. but Mungia Inoue, not not, not the good. great one, not some good. other Inoue yeah. we never even heard of. They're dragging. They're they're giving guys fights to guys because they have the same last name as fighters. We're excited to see. What is like? I am nervous. I am nervous that now that the money is locked up. The fight game is going to start reaming the uh, fans. We actually, reaming us. Bro. I didn't
0: want this to be sort of a year-ending cynical show, but you're actually kind of right. Here's the deal. Boxing's hot right now, meaning there's money being thrown at everyone from from promoters to fighters to to some of us. To your boy BC paying off some debt here. People are paying me money to talk about boxing. It's fantastic. I love it. But The sport is now more segregated than it even was during the Cold War of HBO Showtime. Top rank in Heyman, right? Like, it's really segregated. Everyone kind of has their own league now. And within that league, you're going to see some slow building. That's why Boo Boo's going to have to fight Avocado instead of coming right out and fighting. I don't know.
1: Canelo? Billy Joe Saunders? Danny Jacobs? Danny Jacobs? (laughs) So, uh, yes, right. yes. Let me, and, and so, going back to Canelo, let's be re, let's be, like, let's, let's just try and be rational, try and be reasonable, try and, try and make a prediction or, or a suggestion for how this plays out. Even Floyd, even Floyd, right, when he'd had his six flight, six flight, six fight showtime deal that people kind of bitched and moaned about and felt, and, and thought he was cherry picking at times, Floyd basically gave us one for me one for you right he always he always went back and forth Robert Guerrero Canelo uh Maidana turns out great we'll get to Maidana again you know, uh, Akio Berto. Oh, so it, this it there is, was like this is Birdo. This is Berto actually. That was yeah, at the worst possible time, but what at that point he was not, in any case, he basically went one for me one for you. one thing to you. say about Broner getting Canelo can by the do way. that too. Do that and I'm fine with
0: it. Okay, right? so that's a fair point. Yeah, and by the way, Broner getting the Floyd fight in 2015, Al Heyman, the goat. Yeah, Al Heyman is still the damn goat. Um, you're that's an interesting way to look at it. and You're right. It was every fight of those 3 years for Floyd. It really was. Easy one, kind of hard one. Easy one, kind of hard one. So if Canelo can do that for us, and you're right, he just did that. We got the damn Triple G rematch fight of the year, and we got the fun, soft one. Now, if Lemieux is the fun, soft one in May, which, by the way, is really fun in theory, but also one of those other guys' signs, and we build toward... All right, here's what it's got to be. Then the second fight in 2019 for Canelo on the zone has to be... You ready? Has to be Triple G, Jacobs, or Saunders. No so, Don't even
1: let Saunders in there. Come on.
0: Why? The guy. You he, just saw he, what he, he did to Lemieux. You saw that, bro.
1: You got sure. He did here, that to Lemieux. Look, I, Lemieux is a good, fun fighter. He's a co-main fighter. He he just let's let the uh, more Dwyer cadences. It's happening, man. He's in. He's in. He he got in. He got effing inside on me. We may have um, to put a
0: Dwyer block on the show moving forward. Like just, <laughs> he just he just gets inside. Of you. Yeah, you're right. It is it
1: moratorium is. on Dwyer for a minute. Um, I don't look Saunders doesn't even have a belt anymore. Let him let him prove himself again. He does not earned. He's not a good actor in boxing. He, box, boxing. He, he comes in overweight sometimes. He, he, sometimes he shows up looking like a million bucks. Sometimes he looks like absolute trash. He throws chicken at Deontay Wilder. Very disrespectful. Very, very disrespectful. And he does, he has weird stunts with crackheads in Britain. Yeah, I you're mean, right. you're right. He's he, not a good he person. He tests positive. He eats. Boar, untesticled boar meat with your we got to be your bull uh, it's just let's let, let I think he needs to build up some equity in the sport unless unless okay I, I if, if we want to get Saunders back in the mix then fine Saunders can be the soft touch Saunders can be the the Canelo's okay you get one but he cannot be in there for the Jacobs or the Golovkins. No, 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 uh,
0: no, 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 um, no, So, hey, let's see what happens here. It's going to be fun to watch. I hope we don't get let down. But Canelo, uh if you want to come back to MSG, uh, I'm all in, bro, and you can fight whoever you want because that was a fun atmosphere. I'm a New York-based guy. Let's do it.
1: One thing that I really liked about this and and it made me think that maybe – especially with Canelo's guarantees, right? He doesn't have to think about pay-per-view upside every time they make a fight anymore, which I think is really a cool thing in that he can then take his act on the road. When he does these – say he does the one-for-me, one-for-you schedule, when he does the the garbage fights or the less marquee matchups – he can take that to weird domains and people get a chance to see the real star treatment. They get it, I mean, that at energy that it, it, there's something special about that. He can take that to Omaha and let the Terrence Crawford fans enjoy big red. Well, he can take I think it, they're going they're bigger. Talking, Oscar's talking about going and taking him back Azteca. to Mexico. Yeah.
0: Azteca, they, they want to, I mean, in reality, they, they can try to make a run at that. Uh, boxing attendance record? What is that? It's, uh, Travis Senior against Greg Hogan in front of, I don't know, 400,000, what is it, 193,000 people or something ridiculous?
1: There, no, no, I, you you are incorrect. Uh, I believe the, the all-time boxing attendance record is 80k at Wembley. You Dosser! You S-House! You Tosser! You Waste Man! There's only one record! There's only one Cobra. Not
4: quite 8,000 though, was it tonight?
1: Oh god. Shout out to Alex.
0: Dineas are our, our number one fan. Thank you. Uh, shout out to the Irish crew. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I w- I'd be down. He can go to Mexico. He can do some fun things here. We'll see where we're going undercard. Um, I-, I think I'm in on Tevin Farmer. He's fun, rafe right? he-, he outboxed Francisco Fonseca. But you know what? For all the facts that people were yelling boring at times and that fight got ripped. Farmer kind of stood in the pocket and just tried to make it more fun than it than it probably needed to be. I enjoyed that fight. He takes a decision and he wants Gervonta, and he's got a wandering eye and he's fun to watch.
1: <laughs> are are the opponents confused? Is that a is that a strategic advantage? We're like, "Oh man, I can't read this opponent. I don't know where he's trying to hit me." Um I don't know. But yeah, look, it's it it cuts both ways because you, everything you said was right at the same time because he just doesn't have power. There it, there's sort of a repetitiveness to his fights where you know especially against a guy who's limited like Fonseca, you 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 just know, okay, he's going to go in, win this round, he's going to land some flashy punches. They're not really going to hurt the other guy. It's not it, it's hard to it it would be I think if this card played out as it was intended and there was a little more a little more banging with David Lemieux and Toriano Johnson, with the Virgil Ortiz fight that got shut down over LASIK eye surgery. New York, you need to figure some stuff out about that, but whatever. If this card – that maybe the, the farmer fight would have went over better, but coming on the heels of 10 rounds of Mauricio El Maestro Herrera oh. and Saddam Ali and people were just like, shoot me now, it wasn't the best timing.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Ry guy, though, Ryan Garcia – First fight with Canelo trainers, Eddie Reynoso and his pops, uh, Chepo. Yeah, Chepo. Uh, Looked looked pretty damn good. Now, he was in there kind of with a uh, – Where
1: did they – did you box wreck this guy? I meant to and (laughs) forgot. But where the hell did they find this man? Uh, This guy was a clown, but you know what? He made it kind of fun. And he
0: also was sneaky enough that Garcia never could really shoot his shot, as he likes to say, because – he was getting hit back. But here's the thing with what Ryan Garcia did. He looked patient. He looked poised. He used his height and reach. He wasn't the guy who overextended himself in his last fight. Who did he move up against? Because he looked great against Velez, and then who did he look bad against? Remember?
1: The guy that came after. He didn't look great against Velez. He looked good. And then the next guy, I forget already. Yeah, I forget, I forget too. Already. It's not worth the some, look dude. Look. some dude. Some dude. Some, dude. some, it guy, some guy. It yeah. happened. Uh, well, I, you know what was good? It was on Facebook, and Slater called it. That, was, that, is, that, true. Was, that yeah. is true. That is true. I hope it went down
0: for him in the DMs after, because he was walking around the inter- the arena with a number one Knicks jersey on and just a smile on his face. Who's the number one on the Knicks? What what jersey was that? I didn't see the back of it.
1: Right now, or, man, or, the Knicks are so bad. I don't even no, know. Who it, would,
0: have that would that bad? Well, that wasn't Amare, right? Who? I mean,
1: Penny Hardaway played for the Knicks back, okay. at, you know, late in his career. I think he was. I doubt, I doubt one Ryan Garcia is aware of the the greatness of Penny Hardaway. No, no, Ryan Garcia was born in like 2003, so there's,
0: there's probably not, probably not a chance of that. Uh, so, he looked good. He dispatched the dude, and I think his, he's back on the tracks. And I think, whether it was the right place, right time with the New York and the pro-Mexican crowd for Canelo, they loved the crap out of him, Rafe. And when he did that whole speech after of, you know, I don't speak Spanish, but I got the Mexican blood in me, people went nuts for him. NUTS! I, I like that he's back on track, because look, he's either, going to get his soul taken when he finally steps up or not. But I want him to actually get there first, Rafe, and I want him to look good doing it. Smart move changing up his team. It was one of those hard decisions he had to tell his dad, look, you're going to take a step back. Eddie's coming in. I want to say one thing about Eddie Reynoso. I don't know the guy. English, not so good. But um, I, Tuesday last week, I was doing those uh, those interviews for the podcast. And in between, I saw Chepo and Eddie talking to Romero, golden one of Golden Boy's PR guys, and I – I kind of did an overexcited BC uh Campione type moment and I jumped into their conversation and I was like, excuse me, excuse me. And I put my hand on Eddie's shoulder, which he instantly was uncomfortable with. And I was like, how's Ryan? How's Ryan Garcia? I'm fired up for this. How's it going? And he stopped. He looked me in the eye for one second, turned back and continued his conversation. So like it was a... Gigantic no-cell. Now, in theory, I was in the wrong rave. I interrupted his conversation. I know he doesn't speak English, yet I still tried to wavos my way in there out of excitement for it. I don't know, maybe he would show me the DMs. So I thought I was going to get something from this interaction and I got stone-cold stunned. All right.
1: Just, just another, another instance of BC getting no-sold in public by one of his boxing heroes. It, it, there's no other way it could play out, man. Darren Parker would never hang out for you. And you I thought no Chepo business. would bail me you out. You have I, no business hanging out with a top bloke like Darren Barker. I thought Chepo was going to
0: bail me out. We see him on All Access. And he's singing all the time on Dancing. 24-7. No, he, he – no, no, no. Basically, he no, no, was no. like, you think I care what that guy had to say about King
1: Rai? Alright, let me, so, so King Rai, I think the only thing that I would like to see him use is his jab, man. He's, he's long, he's got quick hands, he, he still didn't, he still didn't really use the jab a lot. And that's fine, he hasn't needed it really a lot yet in his career. He's a, he's got, he's a good, he's got good timing, he's a good counterpuncher, there's a lot to work with. But man, a, a, a tall, rangy guy like that, quick hands, Shoot, this, this, boxing could get maybe even easier, or he could get even better, if he just, just, just boom, get a nice little one-two going.
0: Yeah, Look, Please work I, on that. I'm Eddie. an old school guy, I'm an old timer, I prefer
1: jabs.
3: I'm an old timer. I go back to the 1970s.
0: Alright,
1: alright, thank you, thank you Dwight. I've right. looked at a lot of guys, Brian.
0: <laughs> and now for more ridiculousness in boxeo. Hey, oh, hey, uh, Friday night, you I'm going to say unnecessarily poo-pooed when you got all kinds of salty last week on the show heading into Do You Care about Zerto Ramirez and the rematch with Jesse Hart. They had the fight earlier this year. It was, it was, you know, one of the action contenders for best and they kind of repeated it. Maybe this one wasn't as good, but Zerto Ramirez took a majority decision over Jesse Hart. Both guys fought well in the 12th round. Ramirez got rocked and hurt and it was exciting. Kriegel all over the place. It was, it was pretty fun. Joe Tess's beard. And a couple things happened here. Some people timelined that, uh, they thought the scoring was too close. I, I thought it was fair. I, I went back and rewatched the fight. I thought it was a fun fight. But the big news is that Gilberto Ramirez, the 168 pounder, the title holder, is done. He's moving up to 175. Did not see that coming. That might not get Triple G with top rank, Rave.
1: Oh man. Oh well, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I look, I do have to. I have to. Did you not apologize watch a little bit? I have to say, a, a issue a little mea culpa. Actually, I got one DM slide that was extremely prescient about this, saying, "Bro, be as salty as you want, but how are you gonna show love to a Tevin Farmer fight and then be like, Zerdo has no ends in Mikasa? Like, you cannot like. I'm not. And and that was totally, totally right. Zerto, but but. What I failed to express, cause we don't, we don't go too deep on Zerto on this podcast. Maybe that would change in the future is that he's just one of these guys that I'm going to, I'm going to dislike. I don't know why I didn't, I've never, I, we had to sit through that Arthur Abraham fight once on an undercard. I wanted to, you know, jump off a bridge watching that. He has been sold endlessly to us by top, by the top rank machine and had a really frankly boring run at 168 if this is the end. Only that we're only, that was only salvaged by these two wonderful fights with Jesse Hart. So I was wrong to crap all over this fight. I should have, and they, these guys basically proved that they have some beautiful chemistry in the ring. They make beautiful music together. And I really like this fight. I think it was just as good as the first, even without the knockdown that added a little bit of, uh, spice to the first one. But this, I mean, these guys both looked awesome. I did think that Zerd, I thought Zerdo probably deserved a unanimous decision, even though Hart was competitive and it was, it was good action throughout. But, So these guys, I will – I anytime from now on, anytime they fight, I'm going to care. Zerto, if he stays at 168 and fights some cans, some pies, I'm not going to care. Zerto, if you go to 175 and start fighting – you Champions? just want to see him get sent to hell at 75. I wish that's... you luck, my friend. <laughs> uh, he's going to have to fight at 75. There's
0: going to be some banging going on. I mean, you know, we're not banging them. They're going to bang at 75. He bong at 68 against Hart in the rematch fun fight. Michaela, Michaela Mayer, friend of the show, was victorious on the undercard. Um, who was the, by the way, that, that angry DM, did it come from our good friend, Evan Korn of Top Rank, the corner man? <laughs> Is that the guy it who <laughs> not,
1: it did not come from the corner man. Uh, but I, I issue the same apology to him. Alright, alright. He,
0: uh, so who's this dude on the top rank undercar with the pillow? That we need to, that needs to be on my Josh radar? Josh Greer. Josh Greer, yes. I, I was, I wasn't woke to him and in, in corner man said, so look, you might want to check the guy out, you know, you might want to talk to him, and now I, I have to issue you my do own- do
1: that! I have to issue my own mea culpa at Mr. What is he, Mr. Do That? Miss Do That. He before like I think he changes his nickname every fight. Right now he he was like Mister Night Night before he was Mister Do That for this one. When he brings the sleepy pillow to the way and
0: yeah, this guy's got it. I, I he's in my he's on my team now. I got I am on the Josh Greer bandwagon now. I got to talk to him. I am ready. I am ready for it. All right, that puts aside the weekend recap, Rafe. Now we get into guests of the weekend. It's a big one, Rafe. It's a big one. I am fired the heck up to bring this guy in. He's really a, a star in a regular of our show.
4: They both look great. They were cut up. They had six packs, eight packs, 12 packs, 24 packs. They had it all going.
0: Get ready to drink some and, and, and get ready to get learnt, Rafe, on some philosophy, on some life here from the great Teddy Atlas coming at you. Enjoy. <laughs> all right, always... A pleasure to speak with one of the best minds in boxing history the great trainer and broadcaster teddy atlas is coming into the cbs sports podcast here but teddy on a much celebratory note it was announced that you will join the 2019 class of the international boxing hall of fame i got a million directions i want to go with you but i want to start right there takes into account your entire career trainer to broadcaster congratulations how do you feel about this teddy
4: I appreciate any time that somebody, you know, gives you a, uh, a nice compliment, so to speak. Obviously you're grateful. You, you feel, um, you know, you, you feel appreciative. Uh, for me, you know, the best thing about it is that it, it just allows you something to thank your family with, you know, because without your family, there's no reason to celebrate anything. There's, there's no reason to try to excel at things and try to do some special things in life if you didn't have your family to do them for or with, to share. So for me, it, it kind of begins and ends with that, uh, where it gives you a chance to thank them because when you're in this business, you miss a lot of birthday parties uh, doing what I've done for 40 years. You've missed some graduations. You miss celebrations, um, you miss holidays and um your family your family has to sacrifice that with you. And uh it hurts you but it also hurts your family when you miss those things. Yeah, yeah no question. And they when you're fortunate enough to have family that understands that and allows you to not only allows you to do it but you know, supports you in a way where when you do it, uh you you can still do it with the strength you need to do it with the conviction you need to do it with uh it's just again it's just another it's a, n- another opportunity to say thank you to them and and to share you know to share something nice with them to say hey you know this isn't bad it's a, it's an it's a nice thing it doesn't define you as a person obviously you define yourself as a person by the way you live every day and um that's how you define yourself but it, it does it does give you something to uh to feel good with your family and to share with your family. and For me, that's that—that's what it's about. its It really doesn't extend too much beyond that, to be quite honest.
0: Uh-huh. Was this a surprise to you? Was this something you'd thought about? You know, my time could be coming soon. How did you take the announcement in terms of the timing?
4: I wasn't even thinking about it because um, I was training a fighter at the time, you know, so the last eight weeks, it's difficult for me. When I commit to a fight, I don't do it too often, and when you come back, and you get back into that realm, into that dimension of the business, training or of that responsibility. It, it consumes me. It con- I guess it consumes anybody, but I can only speak about myself. Uh, it, the responsibility. It's like being a parent again. You know, you uh, you have to look out for somebody, and you have to keep your word to somebody. <clears throat> you have to live up to somebody's trust. That if they listen to you, everything's going to be okay. And how do you guarantee that in such a dangerous business? How do you do that? It's hard. You do it. You do it. You believe it. and But you hope you're right. You hope you're right. So every day you wake up in camp, you know, hoping you're getting it right. You go to bed at night hoping you did it right uh, that day. And you fulfilled your responsibility. And then when that night comes, that you're going to be able to live up to that responsibility. So, you know, training fighters, it's a whole different discipline than doing the broadcasting. It's uh you know, the broadcast you have a responsibility to yourself and the audience that you hope you make it a little more you hope you can maybe add something to the broadcast where they know something the audience will know something they didn't know going in. Maybe, maybe. Uh, and and you can make it a little bit more interesting, more entertaining, and you can be non biased, be professional about it and put forward your experience in a proper way, uh, to the audience. But at the end of the night you leave there with no vested interest in who won or lost. When you train a fighter, again, you know you have to, <laughs> you have a real interest in who wins and losses, wins and loses, and you, you know, you have a responsibility to that, and it's heavy. You know, you feel it, it takes something out of you. So I was in training camp for the last two months, uh, you know, training my fighter for a world title fight. So uh, I wasn't thinking about the Hall of Fame. I'll be honest with you. They called me they were nice enough gracious enough to call me, uh, while I was still in camp towards the end of the camp and to let me know. And again, they probably would, I don't know that this is accurate, but maybe they were disappointed that I didn't like, you know, get more excited on the phone, but I appreciated it. Like I'm saying now, but at the time, again, my thoughts were just, I got to fight it to, to fight a very tough fight. And, um, I was thinking about that, you know, and I, I appreciated the information or the, the announcement that I was going to be in the Hall of Fame. It was nice, but I couldn't really, I couldn't really embrace it, so to speak, until we got past the fight. But um so I haven't, you know, I, I really even passed. If you if you're going back and you're saying, hey Teddy, you know, you have, you've had a long career, do you? Have you thought about the Hall of Fame? I, I can't say I really have. I, I figured if it happened, it happened. You know, and again, it doesn't define me. It doesn't define me as a person. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. it doesn't. If people want to take that as whatever way they want to take that, go ahead. No, I can, uh, I can know, respect that. You're not that. my mind. We love you, No, know, you, You're Jenny, not my heart. Because you're honest. But I'm, I'm just saying it. Yeah, it just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't, for me, it, it's very nice it's nice to have people say you did something good. It, it's like the first time I was asked to do the Olympics with NBC uh, in Sydney in 2000. It was just nice to to have them say, Teddy, will you do the Olympics for us? It, it kind of was like saying you're pretty good at what you do. And and any time somebody says, you know what? We recognize you being good at what you do. You're, you're grateful.
0: For sure. For sure. Now, Teddy, you're, Legacy is obviously twofold, and you you laid out a lot of that really well between the responsibilities as a trainer, the responsibilities as a broadcaster. I want to start with trainer. You're, you know, when you go into the Hall of Fame, people think Teddy Atlas. They think fire, and I don't mean necessarily fireman, although that was one of your most celebrated moments with Tim Bradley in the corner, but I mean the fire as a motivator. We saw you take Michael Moore to the heavyweight championship and be such a big cog in the engine behind the scenes to almost will your fighters to certain performances where does that come from in you that ability to encourage and motivate
4: you know I think it comes from from life right it comes from what you believe in what you've you know what you've walked through what you've lived through what you've experienced what you feel what you believe in Um, you know What's necessary, what's important, what's, what's important, what you believe is important, what you've come to know is important, um, what you feel. You know, if you feel something, other people feel it. If, it, if something, you know, resonates with you, it, it probably resonates with somebody else as being important, as, as being significant, that they need it in their life or that it, it, may, it may inspire them or it may be something that can be helpful. Uh, if you feel it again, it's it's kind of uh, you know a universal you know tip off or signal to you that hey, if you feel it, other people feel it. Uh, if again, if it's if it's something that rings true with you, or something that has been uh, has touched you in life, that every once in a while it, it feels good to have somebody say something good to you, or something inspiring to you, or or something to wake you up, uh, then. Usually that means that, you know, uh it, it probably is needed for other people, too. So uh, just being a human being, I know that sounds too simplistic and maybe stupid, but really that's where it comes from, is just understanding, you know, I, I remember, I mean, I talk to kids, I run a charity foundation for 22 years, we try to help people, and, you know, sometimes we we'll hand a check. we we'll buy a piece of medical equipment for somebody. Um, but sometimes we just talk to them. Sometimes that's, that's the most important thing, is just to let somebody know that somebody else is interested. Somebody else cares. Somebody else is there. They're not alone. You know, sometimes uh, the worst thing, the weakest thing in life is you just feel completely alone, isolated. And if you're reminded that you're not alone, that somebody else, not only physically there, but emotionally, that somebody else has been there. Somebody else has felt that way. Somebody else has been scared. Somebody else has been, you know, discouraged. Somebody else has lost hope for a second. And if if they know that, then they can be stronger. At that moment, they need to be stronger. They say, it's not just me. I'm not in a solo universe. It's not a weakness of me. It's It's a commonality of human beings. And if they can understand that, if they can just hear that, that hey yeah, you know, this this isn't completely unusual. I'm not alone in this, you know, other people have felt this and they still found a way to succeed. So sometimes that's all you need to do is just to remind somebody that, you know, you're not alone in that universe, so to speak, you know, and of that place of doubt. So I I remember like I was saying with the charity foundation there's, there's been times when, you know, I've just talked to people and for them, that was more important, like I said, than writing a check for them, that yeah. they just understood that they had that kind of uh, understanding, that kind of support. And one of the things that sticks with me is kids, you know, that sometimes you hear about these suicides and uh, it just tears me apart. Sure, it tears all human beings apart when they hear about that. And so... It just, I, I always take the time to talk to a kid. You know, we go to schools, we go to these at-risk schools, and we run the Dr. Atlas Foundation social programs that we call the incentive programs in these schools. We'll go into these schools where kids don't have fathers for for the most part, and we'll tell the kids, listen, if you take ownership over who you are, you start caring about who you are. And, you know, that's, that's it. It's that simple. If you start caring about who you are, we're gonna come back here. We're gonna drop off 200 tickets to a Yankee Mets next next Mets game, whatever. And we're gonna supply the buses. And your teachers over the next marking period are gonna have the permission to put you on a list. And if you're one of the people that have improved, you get to go to the game. And so then sometimes the principals say, Teddy, I got four kids over here. Um, They're having a lot of problems. Could you talk to them before you leave? And you know, just pull them out of the. They pull them out of the classrooms. Pull them out of the line. So. And I always make sure that I take the time to talk to them because you just, again, where does it come from? It just comes from just being human. You understand that right. sometimes kids have something inside them they're not showing you, you know, that they might they might be suffering inside and they think they're all alone with it, you know, and they're, they're hurting, obviously. And sometimes it just takes somebody, instead of just going by, the you know the facade that they're putting up the facade that they're putting up you know the the outside image they're giving you like they're looking tough well they gotta look tough because they're living in a tough environment maybe so you you think well there's no sense in talking to but you you do take the time and you find out that there is sense in talking to because inside they're they're feeling something that just maybe you can touch on maybe maybe something that's deep inside that. You know, it may take them to a place that's not a good place. You know, as as they're keeping it to themselves more and more and more, that something small becomes larger and larger and larger. And just because it seems like they look okay, you don't know. You just don't know. Right. So, you know, same thing in the corners. You know, a fighter's going to give you a fighter's look, but you have to understand what's going on beneath that. You have to understand the doubt that's going on, the fear that's going on. You know. Uh, the, the you know, the just just the insecurity. Uh, again, a lot of people think that's a foreign word that shouldn't be attached to a fighter. I could go to the link and do something that 99% of the public can't do and face somebody man to man and they're going to be insecure. Come on, get out of here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because when you cut them, they bleed red. And that's what human beings do. They bleed red. And they're, they're you know... They're susceptible to the same emotions that that anybody else is, even though they are a fighter.
0: Yeah, so true, so, so true, Teddy. Again,
4: you, you know, you just look at kids, and to me, again, you, you just don't know what's underneath. You you just you don't know what what is, you know, what is brewing, what is what is just simmering underneath. And and if you just take the time to talk to them, you just you just might. You just might help somebody, and again, you can take that to all kinds of aspects, you know you can take that to the social things we 're talking about, social courses, and you can also take that to sports and you know just just knowing you can have the greatest equipment in the world. you could have the greatest car in the world. you could have a Ferrari with a thousand horsepower. but well, what the good is it if the person driving it doesn 't know how to freaking drive it when the turns are coming up three hundred miles an hour, two hundred miles an hour what what good is it? What's the same thing? What good is a person having speed and power and agility and all this stuff if mentally they're, they're not together, knowing how to use it, knowing how to use it under pressure? Because that's what we get paid for, how to use it under pressure. So what what good is it if you don't understand that? So the, for me, just I, I've always understood that. I don't know. Like I said, it just comes from life that... You're in a corner. Yeah, I better have taught that guy in the corner how to slip a punch. Yeah, I better have done that already in camp in the gym. I better have taught that guy how to control distance, judge distance. Yeah, I better have taught that guy how to throw a punch straight, not crooked, and how to, you know, how to throw the punches at the right distance so they don't leave themselves susceptible to a counter. Yeah, all the X's and O's, all the technique. I better have done that if I'm consider myself a trainer, a teacher. But I better also understand the drive of that car, so to speak, the mental side. I better understand what happens when pressure and fear comes. I better understand how to talk to them. So that's kind of what it is.
0: Now Teddy I want to ask you this and you t- you broke down perfectly how how you're able to use that intensity and and help people in life beyond boxing but your other half of this legacy as as a broadcaster and you've used that same intensity to become a genius at breaking down fights to be a watchdog for the sport you know calling out the times when the sport is not on the up and up and people love that and respect about, about you My favorite part about Teddy Atlas, the broadcaster, though, I'm going to be honest, is you're entertaining as hell, Teddy. Was there a point that you realized that you can be – Teddy Atlas could become destination viewing, that it doesn't matter if the Friday Night Fights card you're on is good or bad. People come because they got to see what Teddy has to say next. How much was that a calculated turn through your broadcasting career where you're like, you know what? This is entertainment.
4: You know, that's a fair question. You know, and then, you know, uh, quite frankly – you know, you have to uh, you have to be able to uh, kind of buckle up your yourself a little bit when you answer a question like that, and say, I- I'm, "Am I going to give an honest answer?" Because we don't always give honest answers. I mean, come on, that's I hate to say it. It's almost you know uh, sounding uh, funny now, but that's the honest. <laughs> you know, we 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 give answers that are convenient. Um, that because we're human, we do that, and um but you know you try to be as honest and you try to be as accountable as you can, uh, i think uh, if if you care about such things in life, if you care about you know having sort of uh, i guess the just just having the uh, the the ability to kind of want people to respect what you say, uh, then you then you have to care about those things. And so, uh, if you if you really do, and if you want your kids to kind of follow you, you do have to you you do have to be accountable for those things, and and think about those things twice. And even now, you know, it'd be easy for me, your ego gets involved, we're human, and I could say, nah, I just just do it. I don't, uh, because that sounds a a little bit, you know, contrived, right? When you say, yeah, I was trying to be amusing or I was trying to be entertained. But uh, if you're going to be honest about it, yeah, I did give it some thought. Yeah, Um, the first thing was to be, the first thing was to be just, you got to be real. You have to be authentic. You have to know what the freak you're talking about. So I, I think I took care of that for the last 40 years of my life, and I took care of that with Custom Auto and all those years of apprenticeshipping and all that. So I felt, so, and you got to feel secure in that. You have to kind of feel comfortable in your skin. And, and kind of like a fighter. I tell a fighter, you better have an identity when you get in that freaking ring. You better know who the freak you are and and it's kind of like that with a broadcaster. you better know who you are and so I kind of think that after a while you hopefully you get to know who you are and feel comfortable with that and um that I can say things and i I can say things that I believe to be right and to believe to make sense and to believe to that believe to be based on on experience real experience, not not just saying stuff. And so it starts with that confidence and, and then, you know, you say, well, you know, how can I deliver this, you know, in a way that makes television and where I got practice at it, um, I, I did, I, I, you see other people, you, you see people and you say, well, do I want to listen to that guy? You know, he's making sense, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not really enticed to listen to him. And then another one does it, and then you say, Yeah, I'm a little more enticed. The same thing, but it's kind of like a cake. You know, one cake has that little something in it. That little, just that little ingredient. And you're talking about it. You're right. Again, we're being forthright about this. It's just being under. Now, how do you put that ingredient in the cake to make it better? Because you're aware that people like it. That's how. So it's the same thing. Is it wrong? Is it a sin? No, but a lot of people say, oh, "No, I'm just doing what's natural." No, you're doing what made sense, okay? And yeah, I thought at some point I probably, I I probably thought it made sense. And I think part of it, part of it, was that I could trust that I was allowed to do it because the other stuff was there. Otherwise, I I wouldn't have felt too good about it. But I felt that it was I I I had the right to do it, and I got plenty of practice again, if we're going to be honest. If you're going to use that stupid word, but that you know that you shouldn't have to use because you're supposed to be that way, but um doing all those years doing Friday night fights, you know, I did them for what? 19 years, 18 years, whatever it was, that we went into until Al Hayman came along and changed the course of that by bringing PBS and paying ESPN, you know, to go in a different direction. Um but Friday night fights was 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 around for a long time and when we were doing them, there was a long period, I mean, nineteen, eighteen years, whatever it was, that's a long time. There was a lot of fights that weren't that good. I mean, that's, that's to be honest. They, I mean, people was, people were even saying, how is, how are they going to keep the ratings? How are they going to continue, you know, to keep people so that, I mean, the, so some of the fights were, were kind of, were kind of weak. We went through different people that were, that were in charge of that department, that part of it, that. Some of them really weren't doing an honest job, uh, some of the people. They're gone now. They're gone. ESPN finally weeded them out. But some of the people that were in charge of that, uh, who the promoters were going to be and who was going to put the fights and what the fights and who was going to okay the fights uh, and sign off on what the fights were, they weren't weren't good. And so I think that there was a time there that I said, I got to keep the people here. And the fight ain't doing it alone. So I I got to do two things. I made a choice. I, I think that was kind of always what I was going to do anyway. But I'm I'm not going to, one thing I, sometimes I tell fighters, you know, I know what you should do, but sometimes I'll tell them, you know what, I don't know what you should do. And they'll look at me. I said, but I know what you shouldn't do. And, and that's just as important. And there was a time where I knew one thing. These fights were pretty bad. And I said, one thing I shouldn't do and I'm not going to do. I'm not going to lie. I ain't going to get up there on the air when we do our opening and say, you're going to have a good fight tonight. So I decided, and it did fit into the entertainment part. But it was just out of really uh, something that I would not do, that I wasn't going to do. I knew what not to do. I said, how are you going to make this fight better? I can't. So I don't know what to do. Just like I tell the fight, I don't know what to do. But I know what not to do. So I would start the broadcast. Listen, guys, and, and I went completely against television protocol, completely against television etiquette, completely against television 101, completely. I, I would just say, I want to tell you, our main event is not what it should be. And and uh, some of the people would, like the guy that was in charge, he would be immediately on the phone to the truck saying, what the figures is he doing? But you know what? They kept me. I was fortunate because the heads of the ESPN, they kept me. We were, I guess we were doing something right because the people stayed with us. Because my instinct told me, tell the people the truth. Tell the people, yeah, it's going to be, and there was an entertainment part to it because people were like, what the frick is he <laughs> <he's> doing? <laughs> us the fight's not good. <laughs> and we supposed to, and then, but the people would say, and they would tell me. They would see me. They would see me when I came to the to the arena. They would say, "You know why we're here? Because you're telling us the truth. Because because when you told us it was a bad fight, we said we're going to stay with him. We're going to watch it. We're going to stay because he told us. Because and we're going to stay and we're going to see what he says about the fight. It's a great gonna legacy, see, Teddy. We're going to see it's it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's entertaining. I guess. I guess to your point is that. So I would and then. And then the it would grow from there, it would grow from the truth to to just doing that, and that became who thought the truth would be entertaining, but it was it was entertaining and then it grew from there it grew from where I would say, you know when it is when it is something to talk about, I want to talk about it in the proper terms within the realm of of what I'm accountable for what's true because I. you have to have your credibility with the audience. That's the strongest thing you have. That's the one thing you shouldn't lose. And I wouldn't, I never would lose that because it's important. It's important with your kids. It's important with everything. So I would just, I would just say, let me, when there is a moment, when there is something to to grab onto, you know, to highlight, so to speak, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it as shiny as I can. I'm going to shine that freaking thing up and, and I'm going to say it in terms that the audience will get it and the audience will react to it where it, where when there's a time to to shine something I'm going to shine it yeah. and and if that means being entertaining well that's what I'm going to do um, and for me entertaining was being passionate it was being it was being strong it was it was it was you know blurting it out not whispering it when when I thought I was right, and and then there was you know other dimensions to it. But I think that's that's kind of that kind of fills in with a, in a nutshell where it all kind of came from to to answer your question. Yeah, I
0: appreciate that breakdown and and appreciative of your time. And to close here, Teddy, one question: When you came out with your book a couple of years back, Teddy Atlas from the streets to the ring, a son's struggle to become a man. I couldn't recommend that more to my listeners because of, again, true to your character. It's so honest. You don't hold back from the ups, the downs, and all that. But the core, the crux of the book is about your relationship with your late father, Dr. Atlas, and the stuff you do today to honor him through the foundation. What would be his reaction knowing your passion and, and what you've been through in boxing to find out that you made the Hall of Fame?
4: You know what? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I appreciate you asking me. I would hope, and, you know, we're talking about, you know, telling the truth. I would hope that it would be, that he felt good. I would hope that, that he would, uh, he would be proud. I would hope that he would feel satisfied um, with the life or part of the life up to this point that I've, that I've lived. I would hope so because he was a special man and I, he would deserve that. And I would hope that he would feel that because, you know, he made it possible for me when I was wandering off to all the wrong places in life, he made it, I was a stupid kid and a lost kid, uh, and I was 17 years old and 18 years old. And he, he allowed me to go up to custom model and he, he paid for my room and board. Now, listen, back in those days, it was, it was $50 a week, but still I didn't have $50 a week and and he paid for that, and he paid it, I was up there seven years, after probably about three, four years, when Cus realized that I was going to be, you know, his heir, heir apparent, so to speak, that I, I was his protege, and I was going to train fighters, and obviously, he was at the age, he was going to train fighters no more, he he couldn't do that no more, then I didn't have to pay anymore, because I basically was working for Cus, I was basically, I was kind of a little bit important, and so I didn't have to pay, but Without my father doing that uh, for those first three, four years, uh, I don't have any of these things. And you know what? Most fathers, when they do something like that for a son, at least they get a payoff. They get a graduation with one of those stupid hats on the kid's head you know, that you throw in the air. And everybody, And but you hear the kid's name announced that he graduated somewhere. My father never got that. Yeah. So I would just hope, I would just hope that maybe this is his graduation. If he could be up there and he could see it, he'd say, yeah, hey, you know, it paid off. That's all. That's what I would hope.
0: Very, very well said, Teddy. Appreciate you breaking that down and appreciate your time. The Class of 2019 International Boxing Hall of Fame, Canastota, New York, Teddy Atlas, we'll see you in June there. We'll see you ringside for Alexander Vosdick, the light heavyweight champion of the world. Teddy, thank you so much, and congratulations on everything.
4: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Rafe, hey, the legend, Teddy Atlas. Continue your consider yourself schooled on life. There, rape. We got time with the guy. He brought it hard. You can't Brian, re- you can't cut him Brian, off, but he brought
1: it. Brian, I can't cut him off. I can't cut you off. I he, he Teddy had me quit on the stool in that interview. There were we were sitting there looking at each other over Skype, kind of point. I'm I'm making gestures saying, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. I got something to say. I got a question I want to ask and i could just never get the top load. and matum-load. then i just and then i just i just i just i stopped i said no mass, I'm I'm just gonna listen. i'm i'm just going to listen i i don't i i don't care about my life anymore i'm done um, stop that crap
0: stop it
1: yeah he 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 made you flip cheeseburgers rafe right? he did he did right he made me do something i'm not used to doing yeah, you jacked. You jacked from the interview. Fast
0: food. I mean, you
3: hear yeah, that? You know, it does. doesn't make a
0: fast food. That, that's, exactly exactly I mean, that's what I'm saying. He made I him, mean, him go in. There. Listen. And he <laughs> him well, listen, he made then, him flip cheeseburgers. He made him go. He made him do
1: something.
0: He made you do something that you don't normally do. All jokes aside, though, Teddy's been a big part of this show. If you really, if you realize it, he's arguably the MVP of our soundboard pre-Dwyer, right?
1: Ooh, that's close. That's close. Eddie Hearn deserves that. Yes. That might
0: be an end of the year award. Tyson Fury's had a good run on there. Yes.
1: The, the Irish crew may be the real MVP. That is true. That is true. But uh happy
0: for Teddy Rafe. Uh You could tell it meant a lot to him. It meant a lot with the connection with
1: his dad. It was it was nice to see reflective soft side Teddy. F- and in cl- and in classic Teddy fashion, he it, you can tell it means a lot to him. And at the same time, he's totally crapping on the honor. He is like, oh, well, it doesn't mean (laughs) that much to me, but it's nice when people say you did a good thing. It is nice. Accept the award, Teddy. You are, you, you deserve it for what you mean to the sport. You've been around for a long time for the ups and downs, the goods and bads, and, uh, you're still here. Congratulations.
0: All right. We got to run through some latest news really quick. Uh, was all over the, uh, the media waves because he was in New York for the Canelo fight. He was on first take. He was everywhere. Ultimately, here's what it is. He really, really, really wants to fight Wilder suddenly. He wants to do it on April 13th in Wembley. What people don't fully realize is AJ's not officially a DAZN fighter. All the other Eddie fighters are. He can be. They obviously paid him a lot to open their launch against, uh, what was it, Poviekin? Yeah, against Yes. Blink. So – uh, interesting here, because this could end up having to be a joint pay-per-view of some kind, even though DAZN doesn't do pay-per-view because they killed pay-per-view, right? So maybe it would be like a matchroom PBC on Fox. I don't know, but Rafe, I want to ask you this question. A, is this next? B, is this Joshua looking at the, looking at the landscape and going, I could lose to Fury. I could get exposed by Fury. But win or lose, I could get myself into a trilogy with Deontay for big money, cause now Eddie's talking about a two-fight deal, and saying, hey Deontay, if you want to do the first one in the States, let's do it.
1: Brian, what is, I could get exposed by Fury. You're, you, you're really gonna throw this Dwyer junk at me? I, I mean, Rafe, look, he's it's not possible. a good Fury, heavyweight. He's not a great one, Rafe. He's historic. He is historic. Brian, look. Yeah, I don't, and I'm not saying it is impossible that, that Joshua could get exposed by a great version of Tyson Fury. We saw him undress Vladimir Klitschko who, uh, when he hadn't been beaten 11 years. So this, this is, this, it's not totally off the table, but I would not, I wouldn't, I, I feel like it's a, we're going way out on the limb to say that that's why he wants Wilder. He wants why, he says he wants Wilder. First of all, let's, let's, let's slow down and remind what everyone should remember. Whenever they are talking about what they want and don't want and what they'll offer other people, what they won't offer other fighters in the media, it's all lies, Brian. Don't believe a single word of it. Now we have to still parse it and try and see if we can get some kernels of truth out of it, see if we can read the tea leaves, but The real deals are happening behind closed doors, and I hope they make them. But the best thing we can do as fans, as media – Keep the pressure on. Keep saying you need to make these fights. Personally, I don't care which one he does first. If he wants to fight Fury first, fight Fury first. If he wants to fight Wilder first, fight Wilder first. Fight them both. Those three needs of me making round robin fights with each other constantly. Constantly. I would make love to those fights constantly. Do it. Wow. That's wow. what I want.
0: Oh, wow, Rafe, you got a little personal there, you got a little gross. Oh,
1: you don't you see you don't you 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 you're not hearing Jimmy. That's a little Eddie Murphy raw throwback when he's oh, wow. on the beach with the Jamaican guy. He's like, if I was your man, I'd make love to you constantly.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, here's the thing. Heavyweight's hot right now from Wilder Fury, from Klitschko Joshua. Let's keep going. Let's get into some rematches and trilogies like now. What I don't want is this Wilder against Brazil this spring. Joshua against Big Baby on zone at MSG this spring. Fury, I don't know, just sitting out, maybe getting fat. Can we get right into this? Let's do Joshua Fury next. Or let's do Joshua Wilder next. Or let's do something, Rafe. Let's bang. Get Luis Ortiz in there. Let's bang. We have it. The big men are ready. If
3: you're the bigger man, aren't you thinking, oh, I hope he does that against me. Isn't that what bigger men think?
0: Yeah, that's what men do.
1: And these big men need to do that against each other, Rafe. Bang! They do. What what, what more is there to say? Well, let me ask you, Brian. I I feel like at this point in time, because Joshua has been the more subdued in all of this, and because we're coming off this great, exciting, Wilder Fury fight that, that really, really... Got the whole sports world talking for a little while, right? I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing these guys show up on Fox Sports, sitting on, sitting on that nice couch with Christine Leahy, giving, giving in-depth interviews. Freddie Roach out here talking wild smack, trying to be a total jerk off, getting (laughs) Ben Davison out of a job. Deontay Wilder showing up on the couch with Leahy. I mean, this is is a big deal. What's
0: that? Didn't they do squirt, a squirt one battle on the couch against each other?
1: Uh, I don't know what you are talking about. I did that? not see any squirting on that couch. Oh
4: my god. No, seriously, there was a, uh, Come on, se- man. no, se-
0: seriously, I saw a promo, a commercial for it. They had a squirt gun battle with goggles on the couch, across from each
1: other. You're not saying that I can't uh, why do they why do they put us in a position where we can't ignore jokes like that? I don't wanna say crap like that in public. I don't wanna be that guy thinking that way. But for the love of God, why do they do this to I'm trying to live clean, Brian? And they're out here make oh god Hey man,
3: don't be a blank. You know, hey, you're really gonna act this way.
1: I'm sorry. It was. It had to be
0: done. I had to press the they button. They
1: give me no choice. They give me no choice, Brian. Um, Don't be look, it, Keep Look, Wilder Fury was a huge moment. It got people It got the people going. It, it and so, but I guess I wanted to ask you: Is has AJ basically just lost the public opinion battle the way he's played this at this point in time? Does he just have to? Listen to everyone, blame him, call him a jacker, call him a ducker until one of these fights happens. And then we'll see, you know, who, who actually deserves to win a fight like that.
0: I could say yes, but I think it's one of those things that are so evil, easily forgiven by just making a fight with either Fury or Wilder next. So, Hey, Eddie, you can't have it your way, which is, well, we'll offer him a flat fee of $15 million. No, I'm sorry. Wilder just was in this hellaciously fun match with Fury. Look, I know it only did 300,000 buys, which, by the way, for them was actually pretty good. But my point in saying that is I know Wilder didn't make $20 from it. But my point in saying Joshua Wilder would be massive. It's the biggest fight you can make, arguably, in the whole sport. Don't give him a lame offer. Figure out a way to make this work. Guess what? Everybody will eat. AJ was right.
3: Everybody's got to eat, baby. So, yeah.
0: We will all eat, Rafe. If you make this fight and you put the double rematch clause in, and guess what? 2019 could be so freaking fun. Do it. Make it. We got to roll on. Latest news, Rafe. Javante Davis, the tank. It's official. Going to fight Abner Morris. I believe it's February 9th. It's in San
1: Diego. It's on Showtime. Oh, heck yeah not just in San Diego my brother it is in Temecula i believe cuz they said in Pechanga unless unless Pechanga opened another resort in San Diego uh but cuz is right there next to as hey, San Diego it be in
0: Temecula if it is you know
1: well also the the the, the site of the great night of champions 2000 2000- 13? 12? I don't even remember. Ahmed El
0: Biali in a Terry
1: Cloth robe? Yes. Oh my god, you know, Sergio Mora almost getting sent to hell by the cab driver off TV. <laughs> Just an all time classic. Do you remember the Jonathan last? Jonathan Banks, th- the end of his awful career. It Do you was the last, a night to remember. The
0: last match of the night off TV. When uh Boobs Brazil knocked out some schlub in like the first round and like he gets knocked out, the dude's sitting on the canvas, they bring out the stool, and then the house lights go down and this dude was just left in the ring in the dark. Rafe, I wanted so bad, by the way, to just like jump the fence, come running in
3: you should get beat by man with tibes. Come on, man. You got you, you got him.
0: That would have been a great <laughs> moment in history. It okay. was worth it. Yes. Uh, um, I got one more bit of news here. I don't think you're ready for this. I didn't brief you on it. Did you have something to say? Did you have something to say? I did
1: have something to oh, say. Okay. Yeah. Bring I want to, I want to, I want to speak on this, Brian. I like this fight. I, I, I think that people are being a little too dismissive of Abner Marius in this fight. I know he's probably a natural 122, going to fight a big puncher at 130, older in his career, but this guy comes to fight. We just saw him in a good fight with Leo Santa Cruz. He is not. Going to he doesn't lay eggs, you know. This guy takes his career seriously. We have we don't know that Javante Davis does, and so I think it's a fair test. And yeah, do I expect Davis to win because he has a number of baked-in advantages? Sure, but it's not. I, I, look, I wouldn't be surprised if our guy Dwyer is 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 telling us, "Hey, we may want to lay some money on the underdog because we don't know if Davis is gonna even make weight. If he's, he, we don't know Davis. We we've seen him already show up flat for big fights." I, I hope know, he like doesn't. Meyer but says we need to consider
0: him a stranger online with an opinion. But um I think you're headed toward a, a decision in an all-action fun-ass fight. Yeah, and probably Mars loses another one of these Santa Cruz close ones where you're like, yeah, he can make a case, but I love that fight. I want to see it. I think it's a real – it's a true test. It's not necessarily –
4: Lomachenko is the test man.
0: But uh, Abner might be at some form of a test man at that level for him. So that would be great to see. Final bit of news this week. What do you know about Hollywood – Horn, Rafe. You know anything about this? You know anything about Hollywood horn?
1: What, what, I, uh, no, I did I'm not expecting to get any horn in my life this
2: week.
0: You know horn, you know what division?
2: I'm a natural Walter White.
0: Yeah, Walter, the Walter Waite, Jeff Horn, uh, his life is going to be made into a movie, Rafe. Sydney-based film production company Unbreakable Films has announced a plan for a movie titled The Hornet, which will chronicle his life from bullied schoolboy to world champion. As well as explore his relationship with longtime trainer and mentor Glenn Rushton. Rafe, are we underselling what the Horn-Rushton relationship actually is? Is it like 1B to Freddie and Manny in terms of like, effect and like, I love this. This is, are you kidding me? This gotta get me fired. You'd watch this film, right?
1: Jeff Horn? Who's Jeff Horn? Nobody. God, Nobody.
0: I mean seriously, that's what Thurman does. He sends you to hell. He gets you all fired up just to Jeff Horn. Who's
2: Jeff Horn? Nobody. I don't I got so
0: I got so much disrespectful thing to say about Jeff Horn. I know you'd be watching this film. I know you'd be fired up.
1: Hell yes, I'm a, look, that reminds me, I still want to see that Venezuelan Edwin Valero film. Probably a darker one than the Rushton Horn story, but still, I'm into these boxing biopics. I, I wish, I wish we had some interest here in Hollywood to make them about American fighters. Bernard Hopkins, what a, that, that guy's, that, that man's life story is a movie.
0: Well, don't get off Horn so quickly, because I want to ask you this. Here's a quote from the director. This is so much bigger than the sport of boxing. And it's about Glenn Rushton as much as it is Jeff. There's something about the two of them together that's created a force of nature that has defied logic. For Glenn to have taken this timid, suicidal kid and turned him into a world champion is unbelievable. You won't find a better testament to the power of belief and perseverance. We want every person who's been made to feel like they're not good enough to know this epic story of hope that will resonate with people from all over the world. Rafe, that's the most ridiculous set of quotes I've ever seen in my whole life. So for this to be a uh, oh, Mr. Miyagi-Sensei story here, who plays Rushton and who plays Horn if this was an American big-budget film? What do we do well, here?
1: Rushton, I, I was going to say, has to be... Even though he doesn't have the body type, I'm thinking you get Russell Crowe, a trainer, get him to shed some weight, get him ripped, make him look like a martial arts, a self-taught martial arts master in the scorpion style, and let, he's already, he's Australian, he can get in, he can get inside Rushton's head, I mean, really bring the psychodrama. Who's gonna play the Hornet? I, who you got somebody for me? Well, I was thinking we go Seagal on Rushton because it just makes so <laughs> much sense. Ah, yeah, okay, then, I like, see where we're
0: going. And then like Matt Damon on 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 uh, Jeff Horn, right? You down we, with We that? can't
1: have guys who are like seventy years old as as actual boxers, man. That's nuts. No, hey, what's Damon's what? Like forty? I mean, come on. I don't I don't give a damn about Matt Damon. I think every movie would be better with Matt Damon.
0: Yeah, come on! I mean, we can always. I go think back billionaires to the...
1: should pay for their own arenas. We
0: could go back to the well.
1: I think soup is the best food. Wow!
0: Wow! Um, so yeah, look, I'm all in on that. That's a great that relationship of of man and boy is is some of the best that we've you know really ever seen.
3: So, I see that Freddie Roach is back with Manny Pacquiao, and I say great. Revisit their collaboration.
0: <laughs> hey Rafe, I got contender winner Brandon Adams coming up caught with up with him over the weekend the cannon the former boxino star. Let's hear it now. Enjoy. Contender winner Brandon the Cannon Adams, New York City. Talk about what's next, what's happening man. First of all, congratulations on this contender victory.
2: Thank you man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh after winning the contender, I just been I just been trying to stay out the way and enjoy enjoy the whole uh, the process. Everything uh, It haven't really kicked in as far as you know me feeling like uh, the champion and everything. But I'm sure eventually it it'll settle in. Break down the difference of what this contender season was like. Compared to being a regular fighter, lining up fights, what, how different is this experience? It was extremely different. Being in a house with uh, 15 other guys who, you know, who's has been battle-tested, proving themselves, uh, knowing that we all stay together, starting off as teammates, and then learning to to know each other on a whole personal level, uh, it's, it was crazy, uh, sharing food with each other, uh, training with each other, then turning around beating the brains out of each other. It was, it was like no other i remember i was being compared uh they were comparing tournaments with me saying i had an advantage there ain't no other like tournament that was like this so there wasn't no advantages i had to go in there just like everybody else and do what i had to do and uh is that because
0: of the reality show element of living it day to day with the other guys
2: well every every aspect really man living it like the other guys uh uh, we all had to go through the same exact thing, just like any other tournament. But except we're staying in a household. The only thing that I, I had over everybody, I suppose, is is the fact that I've been in a tournament bracket before. But those guys, they were all amateur uh, uh, competitors. I wasn't, so they've been in tournament brackets, Golden Boy, Golden—I mean Golden Glove—and all that stuff. You know, there were things that I missed out upon because I only had six amateur fights. But you know, uh, so it. Everything went, when it was the night of fight, you know, it was just you know mano y mano. It was about who who had the best game, man, who brought their best A game.
0: Man. How early in that process
2: did you know you're the you could be the favorite? You're the, you might be the class of that group of guys. Well, I've always never counted myself out. And to me, I was always the favorite. I didn't go in there and say, "Oh, I'm gonna go see what happened." I went before I went on the show. I said I was gonna win. It's if I decided to do it, and I if you watch. Pay very close attention to the little time that they did show me. Other than me smiling, I was I, I, I believed in me. The three-year layoff that I had, I believed in me. I believed that I was going to get an opportunity. I believed that I was going to be able to shine. And uh, it came through in the doors of the contender. So I came, I bust them doors down, you know, and I did what I was supposed to do. How
0: was it with the cameras following you? How did you feel about the way they edited together who you really are as a person? Because whether someone's on the real world or a survivor, they always, you know, afterwards you'll hear, well, they, they didn't show my good side. They only showed at the times I was yelling at people.
2: Well, yeah, uh, they definitely did that. And I can understand uh, some things aren't good for TV. And I was walking around and it was just too much, you know, positive, yeah. <laughs> positivity going on with me. Uh, but... Uh, one thing, I mean, I, I, I could say is, uh one thing I didn't like, but, you know, I didn't too much let it bother me, is when me and Nazeem got into it, uh, you know, I, I thought they should have kind of elaborated on that just a tad more, they didn't, that's fine, but another thing I, I thought they could have, you know, I'm no director, but... I, I would have liked to have saw them kind of elaborate on everybody's story. Not yeah. even mine, but just a little more of everybody else. So you can get behind these guys when you see them fight again. Cause I was gonna do my part. You was gonna see me keep fighting. Cause I was gonna keep winning. I was, I was determined. I, I still am.
0: Let's talk about this, uh, contender final when you fought Shane Mosley Jr. was a big name, but he was young. We really didn't know what we were gonna get from him. And then it, This was not that competitive. This was, we knew the
2: answer pretty early. How hard was this final on you? Uh, It wasn't that hard. Uh, Every fight, we we all have to be professional. He's a real good friend of mine. I I, I put in my head that I was fighting against Nazim's teaching, and I wanted the best Nazim's teaching. You know, uh, I had a little chip on my shoulder after that little confrontation, and uh, I wanted to prove that, you know, I was better than whatever teaching that he thought, because he believes Shane Mosley had everything in order to, for him to, to, to walk out of the tournament uh, uh, sweeping everybody. But I saw different. I, like I said, I believed in me. And uh, so for me, I wasn't – I mean, I was fighting Shane. Shane was the guy in front of me. But I was fighting against Nazim Trent, teaching, and I felt I did a good job doing that. <laughs> did you and Nazim talk after the victory? Of course. Um, I didn't I didn't hold on to no grudge there. You know, uh, whatever it was that he was trying to do, you know, it, it was for the – for shame, and uh i can understand that me having a son myself you know i could i could get that i could get you want to see your son do you know uh, do better than everybody else but also putting in the work uh, so i i, I kind of get that i i believe that he looked at shane as his son so i'm not knocking that uh, I, I congratulated him uh i thanked him for the opportunity and uh that was it
0: Talk about what you learned from this whole process, whether it's working with the celebrity trainers or even about yourself going through the season.
2: One thing that I can say that I learned about being on the contender, man, is uh, for one, for the from fighters' point of view, man, we our views aren't you know that different. Our views aren't that different. We are all one and the same per se. Uh, it's just more so of who who digs in a whole lot more. Who's more focused and who's more determined? Other than that, you know, we all want the same things. And then being on this show, man, one thing I I see and saw, man, is uh, everything isn't what it appears. <laughs> all right, now
0: when we look at the contender guys of the past, the guys who used this show to kind of be their identity for a while. And Sometimes it was a blessing. I remember talking to Sergio Sergio Moore, and he's like, "I'm more than the contender." So you know, sometimes it was a curse in that regard. I, what do you? How do you look at that in terms of how you can use this for identity, but at the same time, you don't want to be known as a
2: reality show fighter? Well, uh, I look at it this way: I was a part of the contender. You can't take that away. So it's 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 a part of one of my accomplishments now. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you talk about the season five, you talk about me, or when you talk about the contender in general, you may bring me up. But it doesn't stop there. It keeps going. So it may be a few other things in life that I, you'll be bringing up, and, and, and I'll be able to go with a, with a thumbs up. I'll take it. I'll take it. Now, when
0: we saw you on ESPN and Boxino, it was like, wow, you know, good-looking guy. He can fight. He looks fun. I have not seen a whole ton of you since then before I saw the contender come out. I'm like, oh, I know that guy. I like that guy. For the fans that aren't as hardcore day-to-day, where was Brandon Adams lately?
2: Uh, Brandon Adams was in the gym trying to sharpen all his tools, waiting on a call to get a fight. I was, you know... I wasn't my own promoter. I had a promoter at the time. I was calling them, trying to stay active, stay busy. Uh, there was a crack in the universe. <laughs> I guess I couldn't reach out to them. It didn't work. Uh, and then this opportunity came up and, and, and I'm sure they was like, well look man, we've been holding out on this guy. Let's try to give him an opportunity. Uh, sorry for me not holding too many punches, you know what I'm saying? But it's all love now, man. Uh, no love. You got the opportunity and, and you took, took the control. And I made the best of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm good.
0: All right. Then the real question now is what do you do with this? What do you do with the identity, the platform, the, the celebrity that comes with winning this into getting into title contention, into moving up the ladder?
2: I feel the sky's the limits. Uh, I can, with the right opportunity, I could do whatever I want. I kind of showed a little bit of that during the show, uh, and I just plan on continue to show. You know, uh, that's what I plan on doing. Uh, me, I, I got a great team behind me now. You know, uh, through them three years down. You know, I, I was I was weeding out. You know, what I'm saying. Uh, uh, all the bad hairs basically and, and now I, I trust and believe in the squad that I'm with now and, and I appreciate them and I feel you know with with this team I'm like sitting sleep. I won't be beat <laughs>
0: What do you have an idea on, on how quickly you want to come back? Where it might take place because we know that right now Broadcasting business wise and boxing kind of kind of hot right now. A lot of people throwing money around. A lot of people giving opportunities around. A lot of people looking for people that aren't signed up anywhere else and saying we'll put you on. What do you know about what could be next?
2: Uh, well, right now, like I said, man, we we, we keeping our eyes open and our ears uh, wide, wide open. When an opportunity is presented, that's exactly, we, We're going to capitalize on it. You know, uh, I'm sure my phone hey, it might be ringing. Uh, I was so far told that a uh, a lot of people not interested in fighting me I can't let that deter me I'm going to keep being me I'm going to stay focused eyes on the prize uh, that same determined Brandon Adams who didn't fight for three years then you've seen him fight through the contender Is who you know I plan on being for the rest of my career and then some. so we're going to stay ready stay focused I'm always in shape I'm always you know, I I ain't no slouch. So when the opportunity presents itself, we gonna be ready.
0: What, what was going on during those three years personally? I know that I was frustrated. You're in the gym. You want big things to happen. Anything happen in your life that, that helped you evolve as a person and fighter?
2: Yeah, definitely, man. Just being a father, man. Uh... Having all that time down, you know, I didn't really have time to, 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 to get down on myself because I got my kids, I got my wife, I still have people who 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 watch me, you know, who look up to me, who, who, who still, you know, got questions from me, so I always got to make sure I got answers. So, uh, I was always training myself and training others, basically. Uh, that, that's what kept me sharp that's what kept me good so I'm happy
0: how does it feel to be in the same category now with guys like Sergio Mora Saki Obika these contender champions when I'm sure you got bigger goals world titles but what, what does this mean? What did what, to put this trophy on your show?
2: It was the, the first one of many. So it's going to always be special to me. It's going to always, oh, that's why I said I am a part of the contender. So if you bring up the contender, no, that won't be the only thing, but that's definitely, for starters, one of them. So I'm, I'm a rocket, you know what I'm saying? A badge of honor. All right, what's the next year going to look like for Brandon Adams inside the ring? I think the next year for Brandon and Cannon Adams, it will be booming. You know what I'm saying? I am the Cannon. I plan on making a whole lot of noise, and I'm gonna be loud doing it. And can your old foe Willie Monroe Jr. shock the world against the Charlo? I, I hope he do. You know, I don't know how preparations went. I'm rooting for Willie Monroe. I know him personally. I want to see him do good. But we're gonna see. We're gonna see. I believe in him. I believe Willie's gonna do good. All
1: right.
0: Hey, great
2: talking to you, buddy. Great to see you back on the map doing big things. I'm, I'm excited to see what comes next. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate this interview.
1: CBS Sunday after the equalizer.
3: You collect rewards,
0: right?
1: This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of tracker
0: you strong swimmer sounds so so so
1: so so's okay Justin Hartley stars I survive you make quick smart decisions if you never let panic take the wheel off sounds cool it is cool actually very cool tracker CBS season finale Sunday after the equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount plus.
0: get on the cannon or are you just going to see him get his soul taken on ESPN Plus one day
1: you all in what's going on here i may not even see that Brian. Uh, can he just go back to the contender and stay there will they make another season wow well,
0: wow well, um uh, all right all right <laughs> I, I you obviously don't care so i'm not going to patronize you hey it's it is do you care though time
1: weekend preview rafe are you ready for this are you fired up it's, it, there's a lot to care about this weekend. We are in the late, basically the last non-Japan weekend of the year, which means everybody in the planet is owed a fight or two on their contract and they might just show up. Bring it on. Let's, I love your daddy, Brian. Let's get it on. All right. ESPN plus
0: on Saturday, a service I have, Ray from Manchester, England. Love this fight. Forgot it's happening. Josh Warrington versus Carl Frampton. 12 rounds for Warrington's IBF featherweight title
1: yes you care hell yes anytime the jackal fights I mean I've liked him for a long time and he's just I just think he's really really good even even as highly rated as he is I think the jackal is underrated he's he can box he can bang a little bit he moves well he's really athletic quick twitch fun fighter, not afraid to, other than that, that, that one dud of a fight with Scott Quigg has always been fun to watch. I, I like him and, and Warrington is the kind of guy who's really feeling himself, had that big upset over Selby earlier this year, thinking, hey, I am this dude, I belong on this level, and he's gonna go in there and try and make another statement. Is he going to do it? I don't think so. I think that at the end, it's going to be about levels. But this is cool. This is a guy with a lot of confidence coming in, wanting to beat a guy that everyone has always said is just a class above him.
0: And I'm fired up for ESPN+. Plus. This platform giving us this sort of bonus fights like this. Warrington puts pressure on. He's in your face the whole time. Carl Frampton's world-class it's gonna be a cracker. This is gonna be a fun little piece of business from Manchester, England. This is this is almost a one of those sneaky good zone like fights. Only it's on the plus. So hey, four ninety nine. I'm back in. I'm back in on this one. Co main event: Michael Mick McConlin, Jason Cunningham, eight or ten rounds, your choice. Featherweights. You in or you're you're gonna wait till Conlin faces somebody for real?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna wait
0: for that. All right. Well, how about this for an undercard fight? Martin Murray, Hassan and, um middleweights, twelve rounds. Come on, brother. I know we just talked about it, but fired
1: up. Oh, bro, come on. Endom um, is not that much fun to watch. Um, get the
0: hell out of here. That Quillen fight was amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> he's fun to watch when he's getting his ass knocked down 17 times. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to do some serious coughing here.
0: Wow, that was kind of gross. Keep it going. Get get all Anyway, the man,
1: you're yeah. a fluids guy. You get the fluids yeah. out during the show, whatever you have I'm, to do. The, the juices are wetted right now, Brian. Um, I, I take it back. And, um Fun fights against Quillen. Amazing fight. Amazing fun fight against David Lemieux. That one was awesome where he's just getting like, he's taking hard knockdowns, getting like, like, looks like he's just no way getting up from these shots and then pops up to fight some more. So I do like that from Endom, but. If he still has the wheels to stay away from Murray, this could be a real snoozer, and I hope that is not the case.
0: All right. Uh, also buried on this undercard, BJS. You got any traveler in your in your Billy Joe Saunders versus Zoltan Serra? Super middleweights, 10 rounds. Uh, Z- Zoltan, isn't that the guy from Big who gives out the gypsy card that uh, Tom Hanks allowed himself to turn into an adult?
1: That is right. Yeah, it might have been Zoltar. Zoltar.
0: Do you think that he smashed on the bunk bed in that New York City loft? Did he end up actually sm- – I know they were in pajamas and separate beds, but did he smash?
1: He had to, right? There's something weird in that though, right? Of course it's weird. He's got the, he's got the emotional maturity of what, a seven, eight-year-old boy, but he's got the body of a full-grown man. And, you know, look, if, if Tom Hanks let Jenny smash when he was Forrest Gump, then he should have let whatever woman was in Big Smash too. I'm not
0: even think I'm I'm okay with Sally Field smashing The Teacher. Remember? In Forrest Gump? Yeah. I don't even know.
1: She's a mom. She's a mother. Let's do what she got to do.
0: Uh, that was a little trashy to me. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe I need to come to oh, terms with You don't understand, we man. We
1: 2013. That's what we
0: do. All right. Uh, you don't care about Liam Williams fighting Mark no. Heffron for the vacant British middleweight title? All right. But what about this on that undercard? Nathan Gorman versus Razvan Kojanu, 10 rounds heavyweights. Didn't Razvan just fight? No?
1: I, yeah. I don't know. Get, get this. Get the right, hell. Even no. lower
0: I on the plus card. Tyson Fury's brother, Tommy Fury, versus TBA. Four rounds,
1: of light heavyweights. Tell me about Tommy Fury. You got anything? I got nothing. But this is his pro debut. How can I have anything? I am. He, he looks like a handsome bloke. I'm curious. I want to see. Uh, yeah, I mean, this I care about just because of the family name. Shout out to the Gypsy Crew.
0: Shout out to the Irish Crew. A O. Uh, Saturday night, New York City, Brooklyn, the Barclays Center. The debut of PBC on Fox. Ray. Fox going all in. We saw it this weekend. Cop, a lot of cop on the timeline. Mike Coppinger. The home of top operators. Top operators. Mike Coppinger did a nice job hosting PBC's Face to Face. We also saw a studio show with Abner Mares and Sean Porter. And we are going to see the big-time coverage here on regular Fox. It's a double Charlo event here, Rafe. Jermall Charlo, the... Middleweight. Yeah, the middleweight, right? He's got the interim WBC middleweight title. He'll be in the main event. It will not be, though, against Willie Monroe Jr. Breaking news over the weekend. Tested positive for elevated levels of testosterone. We that's f- just what you get from eating that Rochester garbage plate, you know? Oh, that is, that is actually, that's actually very true.
3: And then the phrase, tainted meat hit the lexicon.
0: Thank you, Dwyer. Thank you. Uh, so what we're gonna have instead, most likely it looks, is that undercard person and former middleweight title holder, Matt Korobov. Remember that name? We haven't well, heard that yes, name Yes, I in remember. All. Hey, I, because time.
1: all of us Andy Lee fans remember that yeah, name. Yeah,
0: he might step up. Right. For this main event. Jermall Charlo, 160, just got upgraded because Korobov is, he's, he comes to fight. He, uh, I think we know what was going to happen. Willie Monroe Jr., friend of the show, love him. He's a spoiler. The fight against Billy Joe Saunders, not that much fun. He tried to spoil, he couldn't get it done. Jermall Charlo
1: probably would have sent him to hell, right? I don't know if he would have sent him to hell. I don't know if he would have actually landed that punch to do it, but. That's, that's certainly on the table. I feel bad for Charlo because even again, even now with Monroe pulling out of the fight, he's still not touching M's. He can't, he can't touch Monroe's. Uh, but yeah, look, I think this is more interesting just because we don't, it could be a terrible fight. Gorobov has been inactive. We don't really know what he's going to look like when he returns to the ring at this high of a level, but. It's just something that we don't, we can't predict, and we could totally predict the Monroe fight. And so that that alone makes this a little bit more appealing.
0: I'm with you on that. Co-main event, Jermel Charlo. Yeah, you know
3: this. Yeah, yeah. Which-
0: defending his WBC junior middleweight title versus Tony Harrison. Look, not the fight we wanted, but Harrison can punch, and he's very vulnerable. This, they could bang, and we could see a highlight real knockout here. This, this actually will
1: probably end up being entertaining. Your thoughts? Good call. Good call. It's easy to uh crap all over some of these matchups because you're like, man, how many how much recycling are we going to do with this roster before we see something really, really like like high level, like get match these guys against each other. However, you're totally right. I mean, Tony Harrison is a pretty talented guy. His chin has failed him a couple of times. And if, if he gets caught by you know, by Charlo, it, it may fail him again. But it, it'll be fun while it lasts.
0: Um, here's the thing about the Charlos in the end. They are must-see TV on the microphone in the ring. Rafe, I am so all in on on who they are. I've been all in. I used to get Nespinoza's air be like, why is Showtime not pushing these guys as monster main eventers? Heck, they could get their own reality show and I'd be in. So I'm actually pretty damn happy that Al, the GOAT, decided to push them on the first card. I liked their their face-to-face episode there, showed a bit of their natural sibling rivalry and their personality. So I'm in on this. I'm ready. Let's do it. Down on that undercard, Boobs Brazil, Dominic Brazil, the heavyweight, Carlos Negron, ten rounds. You know that?
1: Who is Carlos Negron? Is that is he related to Taylor Negron, the uh, the the um the actor from Nothing But Trouble and many other great films who has passed away? I, I don't know. Um, it would
0: make sense because Brazil's nickname is Trouble, so maybe there's a natural crossover there.
1: Nothing but Trouble, an underrated bizarre comedy.
0: All right, hey uh, Terrell Gaucher. Eight or ten rounds, your choice, against Joey Hernandez, junior middleweights. Have not we seen Joey Hernandez recycled on a few PBC on FSB? Oh, yeah.
1: I, I believe that uh, Austin Trout got to come back against yes. him. And uh, a few other guys may have gotten a, a crack at, at Big Joey. Yeah, I don't care about this at all.
0: <laughs> and not only are we getting a double shot of Charlo's from Brooklyn, it's a double shot of Bartholomew's, not Bartholomew's, Rafe, but they are in the family. Rances with Wolves against Robert Frankel, ten rounds, junior welterweight. Who's Rancis coming off the decided loss against? Was that uh, you remember right? You, you know what I'm talking about?
1: Oh, uh, was, was that, that was, one of these, was that uh Baranchik or uh, or or um one of these guys in the WBSS right? All would I know have is, been.
0: I love Bartelamy. I always have. Kirill Relic maybe. Yeah, Kirill Relic. Didn't he have two fights and Relic really stepped up and owned him in that rematch? Um, Bartelamy's got a weird um abdomen tattoo now he went all in on that so shout out to him I guess um it works for Kodo. and his brother ledwan eight rounds featherweights against Jesus Valdez I know I'll, I won't save you I'll save you the time all right Saturday into zone Rafe we're back into zone London we got a fun heavyweight rematch Dillian White Derek Chisora 12 rounds they're gonna bang Rafe they are going to bang do you how would you characterize what happened in that first fight a few years ago
1: It was a lot of banging. It was sloppy. There was some slop fest going on back and forth 12 rounds. It was a lot of fun. Do you think I I, I heard that Derek Chisora wants to go right through Dillian White this time. I don't have the sound ready. I failed you. Oh, my God. He said you. he wants to go through him like laxatives, oh. like those pills you pop, 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 and it go right through you, mate. Well, I'm going to go right through you, Dillian. Rafe, That's you what he said. To blame Watch for...
0: the face off. It's amazing. You have one person to blame for me not being up to date on my sound drops.
1: Richard Schaefer.
0: Richard Dwyer. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rafe. Uh, this is going to be sloppy. So here's the thing. A couple years ago, I would have said, look, Dillian White is moving upward, meaning – I think he'll probably end up facing Joshua again. I would have thought Derek Chisora was moving downward. Chisora keeps lingering, Rafe. He beat Joseph Parker and he shouldn't, right?
1: He, well, Dillian White beat Joseph no, Parker. I had that
0: backwards, man. I'm yeah, all
1: over the place. On Derek that. Chisora beat Carlos Takam, Takam and he Kam, should have done that, that was with it. a crazy knockout where, you know, he knocked, he knocked Takam down and then as soon as, as soon as Takam stood up, Chizora ran right back in with a huge overhand right and caught him flush and it was over. Uh so it, it's a little it's like a, a an inspiring late career renaissance for Chizora. They had a fun fight 2 years ago. This is a chance for Dillian White to sort of correct the record and show that he is a level above Derek Chizora or maybe not. But it should be fun and I I like White. I don't know that he really deserves to be in that round robin or just with with joshua and wilder and all that and that he necessarily deserves that joshua fight next if he indeed gets it as many fear he will but he's a fun character nice guy great interviews fun fighter too i mean beating joseph parker is not uh nothing to sneeze at and knocking him down like and that crazy 12th round that dillian white just had to like hold on and survive where they're just falling over dead on top of each other because they're tired is he the lineal Burger King after beating Parker? Does he get to put on yes. the ground? Yes, yeah, I think so. He gets to fight in New Zealand with the, the Burger King emblem on the on the canvas. Um, so white. I only want him against Joshua in one of those
0: gimme. Like I'm going to fight a big guy one month, and then six months later, I'll fight a gimme fight. And that's it's not a gimme fight, but it's a fun trash talk. It'll be war. He hurt Joshua last time. I'm down with that. I think he wins the rematch here over Chisora. I think he's even though Chisora, like you said, late Renaissance, lingering. The knockout of Takam got our attention. White should win this. He should. I hope somebody gets glassed. That's really
1: what I'm saying. By the way, everyone watch – look up on YouTube their face-off. It wasn't just the laxative moment. There's a lot of stuff. Dillian White begins with a reference to getting glassed. Uh, there's a part where they're talking about organic carrots. There's a lot of – they're calling each other donkey back and forth. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good one. It's worth the time.
0: Uh on the undercard, light heavyweight Joshua Buatzi, Rafe, I wanna tell because you, you know I've been in the zone, I've been hanging around with the Brits. You gotta watch Joshua Buatzi, the unbeaten light heavyweight. He's got a uh a cleanup fight on here against Reynold Quinlan. This guy is going to be something. I'm telling you this, Rafe, okay?
1: I suppose Mayweather I suppose. tried I'm to recruit waiting. him. At, I, I want to see it. Show me.
0: Mayweather tried to recruit him at the Olympics. Uh, it didn't work out. So David Price is also back on this undercard. Rafe. He will be facing Tom Little. How does David Price's career end? Is it? I mean, in hell ultimately. But but like, is there? Will he ever be in a fight that matters again? Or
1: is this? I don't think so. I mean, the closest he's going to get was that Povetkin fight, where he was. I mean, he 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 he, he landed a good punch. Made Povetkin fall back into the ropes, got the knockdown, and then got sent straight to hell. It seems that david price's goal at this point is to somehow get sent to deeper and deeper levels of he is going through the the, the different rings of Dante Alighieri, Alighieri, the great Roman poet's inferno he's trying to get to the ninth circle of hell. I'd say he's right at three right now a few more knock knockouts he could be there you, you think if they do – you think if, if – if, maybe if Tyson Fury blows up in weight and goes through some stuff again, has to make another comeback, I need then we'll fight. see David Price in another meaningful fight. I need it. I'll fight David Price any day of the week. You see you, former from Liverpool. It's personal between me and I'm going to do you some serious harm. you big stiff idiot. <laughs> OK. All right. Thanks. Thanks. for <laughs> well, nice the channel. All right. Go on. One more. Also – going to need 10 plumbers to do you when I've got to finish with you. Also, you are getting
0: it for sure. <laughs> I ended it before we went even further down the wrong road there. Uh To close uh, Saturday, no, we're not going to close. We're not going to talk about that card from Tijuana because it sucks. Hey, Rafe, that's the show this week. Shout out to Teddy Atlas. Shout out to the Cannon, Brandon Adams.
1: Rafe, shout out to you, brother. I hope we move some books here, okay? Thank you. Shout out to you, Brian. Happy holidays and a Merry Christmas and a joyous Kwanzaa to everyone listening. Yeah, we're going to have a holiday between now. No, we're not. Yes, we are. I don't know. Oh, I don't have to say it. forget all that. No, F I, your holidays. We'll do that some other time. I think we're he- going to be off on Christmas
0: week next week. So this, you can, you can wish them well. We will, oh, we will come back soon though. We'll do a big year end show. It'll get sloppy and it'll be fun and whatever. Maybe, you know, take a few souls and.
3: The guy travels places against tough opponents, and he's popping cherries, taking away unbeaten records.
1: This guy
0: Dwyer talking about Usyk. It's amazing. It really Merry
1: Christmas, good. everyone. Pop a few cherries. Take a few souls.
4: First of all, what he does is he takes people's souls. Yeah, i say it again. He takes men's souls. He makes fighters do something that is not permissible.
1: Oh, God, Teddy, I love you.
4: Um, uh, did we, no, There's nothing else to say, right, Ray?
1: I don't think so. Can I say it? Go ahead. We out.